The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Welcome to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is R.J. Bell. That's right. NFL Week 15 Special Edition with my Wise Guy Roundtable. To my left, he's the Vig, Matty Holt. In front of me, two-time and counting Super Contest Champion Steve Fezzik. Special guest, Brad Powers back. We're bringing in all of our assets. I'm RJ Bell. <laughs> Guys, if you listen to the show, you follow me on Twitter, you know. Monster moving week for us last week. Four and one. Great week. Only one losing week the whole year. But Fez, more importantly, everyone else except like two people did like either average or poorly. And we not only gained a ton of ground, but we've thinned out the ranks. Like that's the thing you got to realize. Even if you're a game up on some, if there's ten people behind you a game back, someone's going five and zero. Oh. Maybe not statistically, but there's a heck of a chance. You got thirty two of them. Someone's probably going five and zero. Oh. Exactly. So to me, I'd rather be tied with five people than be one game up on, let's say, fifteen. Right. So. We did both. We got now second place tied with a few, but only one player ahead of us and only one game ahead of us. Feels a lot like the U.S. Open final round and we're on the 16th tee ready to boom our drive, right? (laughs) Now, online sports book, my bookie, put odds on this. I guess because we were involved, they thought it was of interest and they made at pregame the favor. We are favored to win the Super Contest, gold, 640. And I tell you, a lot of people are interested, but more interested in the party. So let's say it again, $25,000 for the party, Super Bowl day here in Vegas. And uh, if we win, by the way, let's get it official. If we somehow tie, and Maddie, I don't know if you heard this, it's a split if we tie. That's so, how they're doing it. There's, there's no, no tiebreaker. Tie yeah. Okay. It's a $12,500 party, guys. So let's be clear. We win it ourselves, 25 and, you know, if it splits, it splits. But I think we'll have a pretty good chance. And the good news is, and then we'll get to the picks because we, we're going to deep dive this. Do We did a lot of extra work this week, too. Here's the thing. Spread the word, guys, because, and Maddie, we haven't talked about this either. I've already talked to one casino property and a little bit with a second that's heard about what we're doing. And they're smart. They're like, Jesus, you know, if you're talking about the party at Casino X for a couple of weeks on the radio, on the podcast, on Twitter, it's going to be worth tens of thousands of dollars of credit to them. We're getting like, a, hey, come to us. We'll give you a deal. No one's going to match. So we might be able to get catered like you, you know, like sashimi and, you know, like the best, you know, everyone doesn't like sushi, but the best of stuff. And here's the beauty of it. If we have more listeners the last week or two, I can come to them and say, look at the podcast. We've got 450,000 instead of 350,000. All of a sudden they give us a sweetheart deal. And that 25,000 
ends up going a lot. The big further. crab legs. Oh, they're all oh, Faz behind the velvet rope. Now, are you going to talk to people, Faz, or just let them wave at you behind the velvet <laughs> rope? I am extremely accommodating as I run around. Only in sportsbook. I only get recognized in sportsbooks. People come up. And 7-Elevens. And 7-Elevens. But what I'm saying is imagine, uh, it is actually interesting to think. Imagine there's like, I don't know, 3,000 people, let's just say, at a party. Faz is going to be walking around. There's going to be like a line following Faz to talk to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Invite Do you me remember the home? first time anyone ever asked for your autograph? Because it, it, the first time like, no one ever had caught me oh, off guard. Still, still waiting. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know something? I've had, I mean, hundreds of people approach me in Vegas over the years, but I don't think anyone's ever asked me for an autograph. Really? Yeah. Maybe that's old school. Like it's kind of old school, I guess. One guy had me sign a football. That's the only thing. Oh, well, that's, that's an autograph. Yeah. It's kind of like in uh, A Star is Born, right? When Bradley, Co- I don't know. If, have you guys seen that? Yes. Very good. All right. So the first time I was at MIT Sloan conference, uh, you know, I'm just some guy working at a casino, right? And uh, some kid Welcome came to up Mirage, to me. Mr. Papa Giorgio. Some kid actually came up, one of the students, and said, will you sign my T-shirt? And he had a bunch of people that had already signed it. And I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, I didn't even, I was so taken back. I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. And Sharpie your shirt. <laughs> Well, that, that conference is uh, obviously over the years has grown to very high esteem. So it makes sense. All right. So the, here's the thing, guys. If you're ever going to help us grow, now is the time. Why? Because if there's more people listening, we can throw a better party for you. And number two, the more people listening, we've always said this, the more energy we're able to put into this thing. And go to my Twitter at RJ in Vegas, retweet this. Email your friends, smoke signal. It doesn't matter. I don't ask for a lot directly, but I would say, and again, I appreciate all the support this week, next week, spread the word. And let's be candid. If you're ever going to feel proud to spread a podcast, hey guys, this is a podcast I discovered. And by the way, I've listened to them make the picks that's on the brink of, they're now favored to win the biggest contest in the world. Seems like you were ahead of the game a little bit. Probably made a little money along the yeah, way. Yeah, so now's the time. Please, and uh, we'd appreciate it. And let's uh, let's finish the job. Showtime! Woo! All right, guys, we got to do it different. We got to do it different this week. Obviously, everyone in the contest near us is listening. And hello. <laughs> we're going to win. You're the underdog. But... We can't not give you what you want. So here's what we're going to do. We're not doing any best bets, but we're going to give you exactly what we like. And we're going to go in rotation order. So now there's going to be eight, nine games. And listen, Fez, we make changes. And now with the best bets, we only change like four or five the whole year, right? Out of like 45 or whatever. But you like you loved, if I remember, Carolina last week. Yeah, come middle of the week, I was all over Carolina. Hey, three straight losses. They outgained their opponents by Friday night. I'm like texting you, absolutely, RJ. Well, no, no, the you, Browns. You weren't texting me the Browns. I told you I like the Browns. You said okay. It was on. It's on my text. When yeah, I said you said you. okay. It made my top <laughs> six picks. All right. So we aren't afraid to give our likes here because. Obviously, we might even change them based on the number, based on information, injuries, who knows. But I promise you, you got my personal commitment. We are given our sincere, strongest opinions 
right here. Now, something else. And I can promise you that Wister Prep right now is sitting in the corner of a very dark room, (laughs) shaking and crying because the dream team is coming. We are. Listen. We had four underdogs. They all went out right. I mean, I, 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 what, Fez, what did I tell you last week? I said, I'm scared because I like this card so much. Yes. It was like, I thought we were going to go one and four. It was like those TV shows that we make fun of in the past. It's like, oh, you can bet your children's children on this week. <laughs> last thing. And uh, this is also for the contestants. We've now completed a. Uh, I think it's fair to say a database analysis of your picks. Now, luckily we have a whole company. You're, you're fighting like the Borg here in a way. Don't be intimidated though. Is, and what we know is what teams you play on, what teams you play against. Do you play online moves? Do you play against line moves? Favorites, dogs, home, away. It's called regression analysis. We know. So now you have a choice. Because we're going to be picking with that in mind. Now, if you're behind us, we're going to approach it a certain way. The one fellow ahead of us, we're going to approach it slightly differently. Metagame, Fez. You're the master at that, wouldn't you say? I spent far too much time contemplating how much to bet in Final Jeopardy. But I'm guessing these guys (laughs) don't have the resources to do what we've done. So we have a massive advantage. They don't understand us. But we understand them. You got a full-time admin working on this project. <laughs> yes. Now, the beauty of it is, what do they do now? Because on one hand, they could say, I don't give a care. I'm just going to pick the games the way I normally do. But then in the back of their mind, you're thinking, wait a minute. He knows I'm going to pick this game. RJ, no. And on the other hand, if they start picking other than they are, they typically would, it's going to be like, oh, my gosh, why am I going against what got me here? So really, it's a no-win situation, Maddie. For hundred percent, I, I, I dread being, and I know a lot of people are saying Worcester Prep, but that's Wista. I'm from Massachusetts. I recognize <laughs> it. That guy probably knows who we are. He is sitting probably. there petrified right now. All right, now all that said, we're still betting each other because that's what's important. <laughs> Let's do a recap. <laughs> Uh, I am the Vig, and I went one and two last week and lost $300. I am now plus $1,720. Fez, I went one and one. I lost $300. And year to date, I'm down (laughs) $3,120, which will pale in comparison to my winnings in three weeks. I'll tell you this. It's just crazy. The Fezzik's 11 and 3 on his best bets. You're 5 and 9, <laughs> and he's down 3,000, and you're up 1,700. Yeah. It, hey, when you have small sample sizes, you never know. Brad, you weren't here for a while, but you're here today. I am up $730. And I, perfect 2 and 0 oh from RJ last week, $600 win, keeping the winning going. All right, boys. Let's do it. Rotation order. First game, Texans favored by six against the Jets. Fez, you like the Jets here. By the way, we're going to do this a little differently, whereas we're going to look at every element of the game instead of each giving our own presentation, making it more of a conversation. But whoever likes the game best will get to lead off. So main reason. Houston is overrated. We've spoken about this before. They had that nine-game winning streak. Five of those nine wins Basically, we're coin flips. The overtime game against Indy. The overtime game against Dallas. 
Buffalo, the game they should have lost against Denver and Washington. And because they won all, all five of those games during the win streak, Houston overrated. So, Matt, you've pushed back on this to some degree, right? Uh, at this point, do you consider the Texans overrated? This number does feel a bit inflated here, to be honest. So I would have said no. And I would have thought, hey, coming off that ten, that uh, Indianapolis loss, straight up loss at home last week, that maybe how, how are we going to talk about this team as being overrated? Because I think it's fair to say that they're the best team in the in the worst division and you know at the AFC South or maybe the North is worst but uh but six and a half on the road does seem a lot six six and a half in this game so with that sense I guess they still are a little bit overrated but I could tell you this you know I'm in a people that are in fantasy games right now and I was in a season long one who made the playoffs and I had like all the Houston guys DeAndre Hopkins Watson Lamar Miller and I'm in the playoffs, so I feel like that plays some type of role this time of year. Where when the got when the premier athletes on the team are also performing at a high level statistically, it tends to reinforce people's opinion that the team might be better than their actual performance. So is this fantasy driven? A little bit. So there are fantasy driven lines, and because so many people do both now, this time of year when you're really looking at who's in the playoffs and you go, wow, the guys with Watson, Lamar Miller, and DeAndre Hopkins are probably still playing and I'm not, it kind of reinforces that Houston's probably pretty good. And oh, by the way, they're everybody's sexy darling in the NFL futures market. Here's my point. What would this line be if the Jets had, uh, they had two long drives against the Bills? Our only loser last week, the Bills, if they fumble, holding call, something that stops that first drive, Maybe the second drive doesn't happen. We know how that happens. And all of a sudden now the Jets got blown out instead of winning the game. And couldn't we say the Jets are a little overrated? Because if I had to bet on Sam Darnold to do what he did in the fourth quarter, I wouldn't. Yeah, it's a great point that you could certainly make that case. One wise guy secret though, RJ, whenever a team pulls an upset, and then they come home and they're an underdog. That's a home momentum situation. And usually they play above their means for one more game. All right. So you're saying upset on the road. Or at home. Doesn't really matter. All right. And then at upset. And then if the next game's home, it's good. If the next game's away, it's bad. Correct. I'll tell you this. I'm going to have to check out because the, the trend you've been preaching, preaching, preaching about uh, if the team wins the first or uh, if the team beats their division opponent at the opponent's venue. So when Houston went into the Colts, Indy and won, that then when it goes back to Houston, Indy's all motivated. Now they won that game. Historically, it's like 50.3%. So, I mean, I did it today. So I think some of these old duct tape shoe things, we got to, I think we got to look like actually get the numbers on them. So what I'll do for you guys next week is get that upset number for you. All right, but I agree. Obviously, it's something that's guided you, Brad. Where do you again? Just here quickly with the value, the power rating side of the Texans and Jets. Yeah, I mean, I think you bring up a good point. Jets phony win last week, outgained by 120 yards. Prior to that, six straight losses for the Jets. You're going to make a case. Prior to last week, this is a bottom three team in the league. 
And if you're down with YPP, number 30 in the league, the New York Jets yards per play offensively. So last week did certainly feel like an outburst. But I guess, is it an outlier the last couple of weeks? Or is it when Sam Darno is healthy and in, their offensive performance is better? Or when Sam Darnold is not healthy or out, their offensive performance struggles mightily? When I pulled the, f- the trigger on Buffalo, it was cause Darnold was playing now, I thought more because week one, he's going to be rusty because a rookie needs reps. If your foot's banged up even a little bit and you need reps, I and again, if you look at the game, he was struggling in the first half. Well, he got hurt early in the game. Did, okay, is that lingering? He had to leave for like a series, came back. No, because he came back in the second quarter, played the rest of the game, was fine. All right, so... I I don't love this one. All right, let's keep talking uh, quickly through some concepts. Any so fast situationally, you like Jets off an upset, then they're home. Yes, I I do New York ESPN. I actually do Thursday with Michael K, four forty five Eastern. I do uh, Friday with the noon show at noon actually, and then on Saturday I do a whole hour eleven to twelve leading into the twelve o'clock kickoffs. At least in college I did. Um, I still do it, but it's not leading to the noon kickoffs. They said that they wouldn't take 30 to one on the coach coming back for the Jets. So assumption is strongly the Jets are changing coaches. Do we have a substitute teacher effect here? I think if they had lost, it'd be much more likely that we would have had that. Effect. He's out. That doesn't make any sense. If he's out, he's out. Well, we feel he's out. Do, play, do the players but, feel that way across? I mean, the board? what I'm telling it's not we. I'm saying New York media, who who has contacts, who say it's not even a conversation. He's mm-hmm. gone. Well, then it's a concern. I mean, but that that doesn't even seem. I mean, the bowls thing doesn't even seem to be like I need New York media. I mean, if you just do a search right now, it's like it's almost like his name is soon to be fired, Todd Bowles. Yeah. Right. I mean, is that what you? I heard? agree. Yeah. Are you were you are unaware the Bowles is on the hot seat? Oh, I, I no, know hold he's on, on the a second. I'll give uh, give me five. I'll give you five to one. The Bowles uh, doesn't stay. You want it? No. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> so that does that pull you back a little bit? It does because I I had heard a player saying you know we're really playing hard for Bowles. Oh, as them. opposed to saying we're not trying. Well, and the me- the media is going to know. So and the fact you're offering me five to one <laughs> means that probably you should be offering me twenty to one. <laughs> All right. Any closing thoughts on this game? One thing is Watson. I thought he would be much more um, improving his rush stats. We talked about how now he doesn't have the bruised chest, the bruised lung, and I'm not seeing that the last couple of games. Been getting about 30 rush yards only, so not as high about Houston being better with a more mobile Watson. And Houston hasn't been a very good cold weather team lately. One and eight against the spread their last nine December games. You know, he's a Clemson guy. They ha- they're a Houston team. They haven't exactly played well in the cold and they haven't played well in December. And, you know, that's something to consider here you know actually brad can you pull up um the weather for each of these games and give us a report because i the more i've been kind of poo-pooing the weather i was too but now i'm not i was hearing lombardi talk about it. he goes you know there's just certain people and you can go to pro football reference and actually do searches on temperature so you can say show me all the games below this temperature from this quarterback so at least we can look into it here sure yeah, temperature for this one, upper 40s, light rain, only 7-mile-an-hour wind. No, that's not that's not overly cold. In fact, for that area of the country this time of year, that's actually pleasant. 
Next game, Browns, Broncos, Browns favored or uh, three-point dogs. I'm going to take the lead on this one. Love the Browns here. Love them. And my main handicap, or maybe I don't know. I certainly like the Browns. We'll say that, is it's trend lines. If you look at Denver, and you might be, you might want to say with Denver, it's more how lucky they got with turnovers because when they beat the Chargers, I mean, listen, beating the Chargers and Steelers in successive weeks is about as impressive as any team has been this whole year. But they were, the turnovers in those games were such an advantage to Denver that it was like, okay, you know, Pittsburgh actually outgained Denver more than any other team outgained any other opponent that week and lost the game. But I think the trend line was losing their cornerback because if you actually look at how bad Denver's defense was, they they lost not their best defender, but one of their three, let's say, best defenders. And then losing and Chris Sa- Harris. Yes. Mm-hmm. And losing Sanders on offense, who isn't a great receiver, but he was by far their best. It feels like it's hard to look at the Broncos that like you've got this double combination. The team playing the Browns isn't the team we've seen this year. Because of Sanders and trading the other receiver. Demarius Thomas. Exactly. And adding in the the idea of losing their cornerback, Harris. I think the Brown or, or, or the Broncos are a very different team. And I think it's an overrated team, even if they were healthy. Even if Sanders was here and Harris was here, I think they're overrated for those two wins that were t- turnover driven. But they look so bad against Tampa last week. I mean, to me, uh, the defense, to me, the the Broncos are going in one direction down. Yeah, San Francisco absolutely took it to them up 20 to nothing. They frankly, Denver was never in that game the whole way. And now they've got some more injuries in the secondary cornerback. I can't pronounce his Widem shoulder. He's questionable. Defensive back Brock, ribs, probable cluster injuries now in the secondary. And we got to wonder about this team. They were the media darling last week. Oh, Denver, sneaky, going to be a wild card team. And after losing this game, all that talk has stopped. You know, that's a good idea. Hey, uh, Mackie, do me a favor. Look up on 538. And the playoff odds for the Broncos, they, they just got a grid if you go to 538.com and let me know when you got it, is because I actually saw someone say that the Broncos, and I don't, I don't want to quote any number, are less than 5% now. Like, that loss knocked them out. Well, they have a worse chance of making the playoffs than the Cleveland Browns. So Denver's 6-7, and seven, Cleveland's 5-7-1, but because Denver plays in the AFC West with the LA Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs, they're already eliminated from winning that division. But Cleveland, because Pittsburgh lost again, and because Baltimore wasn't very good anyway, is actually alive to win the AFC North, and they play Baltimore the end of the year. And Pittsburgh has to play the New England Patriots this week. The Rams, I believe, uh, who is it? The New Orleans Saints in New Orleans next week. So Pittsburgh's going to be an underdog in their next two. Baltimore has some pretty tough games. It's not impossible that the Cleveland Browns could be playing the Baltimore Ravens with the division on the line in the last week of the season. And whether that's really the probable scenario to happen or not, it's possible. And the Cleveland Browns, thus because of it, because they can win their division in Denver, can't have a better chance of making the playoffs than the Denver Broncos, despite mm. the fact that they have a worse record and they're on the road at Denver this week. Now, that's a good point. I also think, and, and Mac, you've got that info. Denver 5% to make it. All right. So what about Cleveland? 
What you got for Cleveland? Less than one. Yeah. Huh. And maybe that's wrong. You know, how, how can that work? But, but, but here's the, again, it's 538. So, I mean, yeah. argue with Nate Silver. But yeah. here, <laughs> here's what I'll say. <laughs> he likes to argue too. Here's what I'll say. I don't think the Browns need motivation. Sure. They've got it because it's Mayfield. Like to me, I love a, a losing team. And the Browns, like you said, are on the cusp of having other reasons to be motivated. At least it seems like it. And I have seen people on Twitter talking about Browns winning the division, but I think it's, they got a young quarterback post Hugh Jackson. They all feel like they're good. Actually in that game against Houston that they lost, remember that game against Houston that they were what? Five point dogs. And got blasted on the scoreboard. But the the yardage was Cleveland outgained them. But what scares me about games like that, and look, I agree with everything you said in the motivation. I love the way Cleveland's playing. But I do think we have to be a little bit careful about blowout games because Houston got, you know, some defensive scores there where one team isn't trying to score because they're up so much in Houston and the other team's throwing the football downfield every single play trying to get I back agree. in I and agree. But, but, inflating but, stats. I, I agree with that. But I think the trend line for the Browns, if you look, and actually this came from the Football Outsiders guys just today, since Hugh Jackson left, the DVOA of the, uh, the, the offense for the Browns is the fourth best in the NFL. So you've got Denver down, you got Browns up, you got Browns motivated off of let's keep this this momentum and you've got the Broncos I think clearly a dream crusher because they were supposed to win that game. Right? And now they're at 5%. And Cleveland doesn't need to make the playoffs. They're the opposite of Green Bay and Atlanta, the yeah. perennial playoff teams that are like, "Ah, we're not going to make the playoffs. What what is our motivation? Cleveland would love to finish at 500. Oh, they just want to keep their momentum. And to me, that's the paradox end of years and the seasons. Losing, winning teams that lose increase their motivation. Losing teams that win increase their motivation because they want to get a little momentum to feel good in the offseason. I, if a team loses a bunch of games in a row, like I, I'm more inclined to play the Raiders this week because they won the game. To me, it's like they, let's do it, guys. Let's finish the year. If you're just getting crushed, like, are you more inclined to play the Redskins? No. <laughs> right? But you would think, oh, bounce back in the NFL. They're all NFL. I think at the end of the year, sometimes they're like, let's just give up on this. Thing. Especially when your crowd boos you left and right. Any uh, closing thoughts, Brad? Anything? Duct tape chew stuff here, but since I grew up outside of Cleveland, Denver, I'm very familiar with this. Denver 11 and 0 straight up and 9 and 2 against the spread against Cleveland last 11 meetings. Hmm. Well, if Ernest Biner's not on the yeah, team, I think true. we're going to And Bernie Coza. <laughs> Fumble. That's the after the ride. <laughs> Any closing thoughts, Manny? No, no, I really like Cleveland in this spot as well. And, and it'll certainly be, uh, I'll certainly be on the, on the Browns at three or better. All right. Next up, guys. Cha-ching. You know what this sound means. But it's not just one-on-one. Two on one in this corner, Steve Fezzik, Brad Powers, coincidentally, on Minnesota. In the other corner, the Vig, Maddie Holt. You know, the Vig has enough advantages in life. Brad Powers, let's start this one. Yeah, I like Minnesota here. You got a Vikings team 
off a misleading loss, at least from what I saw in the Monday night football game. You're talking, what, 10 minutes left in the game. Minnesota gets stopped at the one-yard line, down 6 to nothing. the Seahawks. And then right after that, came up short inside Seattle's 30-yard line. That was a game that was maybe 50-50 in the middle of the fourth quarter, but yet the scoreboard showed Seattle go up 21 nothing. A lot of people, ah, Minnesota got a garbage touchdown. I was contrary to that opinion. And they're Vikings here taking on a Miami team that I would say most overrated team in the NFL right now. Miami nearly getting outgained on the season by 100 yards per game, minus 91 yards per game. Here's a Miami team on the road, 1-10, their last 11 road games. Meanwhile, Vikings, desperate need of a win. They come back home where they've covered, covered 73% of the time under their head coach, Mike Zimmer. Give me the Vikings. Desperate men call for desperate stats because everybody pays the vig. Ryan Tannehill was out so many weeks and we're over here grasping at Miami Dolphins yardage and how much they were outgained with Ryan Tannehill sitting in a hospital bed, but he's back. The team's rallying around him. He comes back. They almost beat the Indianapolis Colts. They followed up with another great performance. They rally back to the New England Patriots. A lot of times this would have to be the ultimate letdown spot against your division rival at home just beating the Patriots but the one thing I know about this Miami Dolphins team is they continue to rally ever since Ryan Tannehill came back and they've scored 24 plus every game he's been back that's undebatable this offense is playing better under Ryan Tannehill and you want to know whose offense isn't playing very well the Minnesota Vikings who didn't cross midfield until almost the third quarter of that football game should they have won the game yeah but when you don't cross midfield until the third quarter, you could also say they should have got blown the bleep out. I I think, look, the fact that they fired their offensive coordinator is because this team stinks. If it wasn't for the Green Bay Packers, the Minnesota Vikings would be the biggest disappointment in football from preseason expectations to where they are now. I love the momentum that Miami's playing with, and I'm going to take a seven-point head start against the team who hasn't been able to get to seven lately. I think Maddie brings up two good points. If you look at Tannehill passer rating since he's come back, 119 against Tennessee, 100 versus the Bills, 152 versus the Pats. Tannehill with Gase has always been pretty good. He's just never stayed healthy. But if you're betting one game, it doesn't really matter health for the season. The odds are he's going to stay healthy for this game. But I tell you this, I dis, I think the point you made about the OC goes the opposite direction. Anyone that has, and Mike Lombardi has been leading the way with this, that Filippo, they hired him as a big name coming from Philly. And internally, those Minnesota coaches didn't like him. But in week 14, we're going to suddenly turn it all around. But remember, with OC? what did they do last year with the OC? We'll see. Right. Remember Minnesota fired an OC mid-year. So to me, Zimmer is such a strong coach, and the and the co- the OC they fired was the in the Flippo was the interloper, and the guy they just upped is the guy they thought should have got the job. Here's the biggest difference, but but but, but the, you know, just I just want that point to be made. I think usually this kind of disruption is a negative. I think they're all. You ever notice when there's the guy in the group? Maddie, I'm not saying this is you, that you like everyone's a little less comfortable when he's there. And then when he leaves, the people who are more familiar. Just take a breath. Like, oh, we can be ourselves now. I feel like that guy, Filippo's out 
it might rally this team a little. So bit. that guy isn't Kirk Cousins because of the biggest difference between Minnesota Vikings circa 2017 and Minnesota Vikings circa 2018 to me is the fact that they paid their quarterback top six money. And we discuss it each and every week. Quarterbacks in the top six in terms of salaries do not lead any divisions in the NFL. Why? Because it affects the depth of your team in a hard salary cap error. Now, all of a sudden, this Minnesota team, which was rallying around their defense, their offensive line, their toughness had to not sign players to continue that trend so they could go out and have one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL who has been nothing short of a disappointment this season. Fez. I like the Vikings. I think that the, with the new OC, they're going to go back to grounding and pounding. The team feels like they've thrown the ball too much. Hey, let's face it. Every game, Thielen and Diggs are both getting 90 yards because they're not running the ball enough. And I think that they're going to embrace the fact that they're going to pound the rock on prop, on prop betting. I think you can do well betting Dalvin Cook to go over for rush yards, betting the receivers and cousins to go under and get at it this way. And basically going back to Miami, great points about Tannehill being a huge upgrade over the ostrich. But the bottom line is <laughs> Miami's gotten blown out. There's been five blots in Miami games. Miami was on the wrong side of all five. Have they got blown out any games since Tannehill came back? I'm just curious. I don't think so. Blown out they? in the stats by the Bills. Got out game by 250 uh, yards against the Bills. So they've had eight close games, and Miami's won seven of them. So if they had just had neutral luck and gone four and four in those close games, suddenly this team is four and nine, and the spread is 10 instead of the I'll tell you this. Spread. The one time, the one time, though, that I want the Dolphins is off this win because I think this is going to be energizing. For that team, well, I see. But I want to play both sides at six and a half. I'd I'm optimistic on Minnesota. Remember what happened to Miami when they had a nice win and they went to Green Bay, who isn't very good, and they just got pulverized. I don't trust this team away from Miami. Wasn't RJ. that Miami minus Tannehill going? Yes, but Miami okay. Miami's a but team we also. That, we all agreed that Miami, Miami's different with Tannehill. I will make the case Miami's okay. different at home in the heat. They reconfigured the tarp in Hard Rock Stadium so the sun shines on the visiting team. They seemed and okay the on shade. the road at Indy. I think you're cherry picking. All right. I mean, that was just a couple weeks well, ago. Well, listen, this Tannehill's is return. here's the beauty of it. In normal podcasts, it's blah, blah, blah. Here, it's Fezzik versus Matty Holt, $300. Matty Holt versus Brad Powers, $300. RJ sits back and smiles because I like both sides. <laughs> Last thing, Miami outgained in seven straight games. Outgained in seven straight. It just, it's just a little expensive. But again, the market, you know what's funny? This line 10 years ago, 15 years ago, is like four and a half. Like with the, with the uh, win-loss record of Miami uh, off the New England. It's just like, in a way... We're kind of handicapped. I mean, what did you think this number was going to come out at, Fed? Right where it's at. So this is what you guessed. And you think the number should be like nine. Eight. So you're laying seven when you think the line should be eight. Seven's a key number. <laughs> I guess there's no vig here. All right, next game. Nobody likes this one. We'll go through it quick. Bengals, Raiders. Line is, and that's what's important, Bengals three. I'm seeing two and a halves everywhere. I'm kind of, talk me off the Raider. Let's do that open conversation. Talk me off the Raiders, Fez. 10 a.m. start time for a big time losing team that hasn't given up, but just got a, 
a win as a 10-point underdog. I'd like you to query this one if you can, RJ. I believe if you have a team that wins as a double-digit underdog and then they go on the road, I think that is a poor investment. Hmm. Okay. But, boy, this is saying the Raiders and the Bengals are equal teams. I got them number 29 and number 30. That feels right to you. And the Bengals last week against the Chargers, it was a a historic look-ahead spot for the Chargers. Do you feel like that drove that close game, or did the Bengals play well? I thought the Chargers were just flat and just mailed it in for the most part. So you don't think the Raiders are clearly better than the Bengals? I don't. What do you think, man? I'm a little bit worried about this game, and I hate to even say this, but uh, I listen, you know, I have to drive to work like most people in America, and some of the people I listen to on some of these shows who give their opinions aren't very good, and I like to be on the other side of them, and every single one of those talking heads that I like to be on the other side of is on the Oakland Raiders as their top pick this week. That does not make me very happy. And Richard, their running back, is banged up. I mean, he had 11 carries for 61 yards against Arizona, 95 yards against the Chiefs, and when they covered there, um, eight carries last week against Pittsburgh. He's done a nice job of coming in and really, you know, ever since Marshawn Lynch went out, they've been searching for a running game, and they've kind of been playing musical chairs back there. And Richard's the one guy where you watch him run and you go, Oh, yeah, that guy's going to be a nice player. And if he's not on the field today, then I kind of like it less. And I feel like, to Fez's point, it's the ultimate motivation drop-off. Your season's over. You just went on the road, got this monumental upset. You've been playing hard, playing hard, working for that big win. You finally got it. I'm not sure you get up again on the road in the cold in the Midwest. Mm. I'm just going to pass. I think you're right. I hear it. I just wonder who's got the schedule up in front of them. What's been a, a Bengals performance that's been less than like OMG other than this Chargers game? So can you give us a read, Brad? Yep, I'll pull it up. I will say one thing. Oakland, in my notes, failed to cover the spread last six times in the Eastern time zone. Just want to throw that out there. They're one team that traditionally struggles. Looking the, at, I got the Bengals schedule up if you want it. There hasn't been one really since. So read it, please. <laughs> yeah. I mean, beat the, you want week going back to like week one no. or just, all right. So their last win was against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Since then, they lost 51 14 home against New Orleans. All right, so that's horrendous. 24 21 at Baltimore. That's not a bad game. And that's Lamar Jackson's first start. All right. 35-20 at home, Cleveland. So they lose 35-20. to 20. Trail 28 nothing. All right. Yeah. Uh, 24-10 home, Denver. And then 26-21 at LAC. So, I mean, this is a team that, that, that really, other than last week, if we're going to dismiss that because of the Chargers, is as though... As, has, who's played worse than this in the last five weeks? And it's even worse than the scoreboard. Remember that Tampa game, they were plus four in turnovers. Well, the Baltimore game, cover. they were winning in the fourth quarter. But somehow we had the Bengals minus three. We were on the, we got lucky. In hindsight, I guess we got lucky there. Yes. What would that line be now? Tampa like three? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So it looks like to me, this is a classic, probably, probably a little bit of edge. Power ratings-wise to the Raiders, but situational edge, I think, to the Bengals. Here's a fun one, and Fez is good at this stuff. 
What do you think the closing number will be on this game? Because let's acknowledge that the Raiders are probably going to be one of the five most public teams of this week. Well, that's a great question. This is going to be one of my line movers that I'm going to give out Friday. I think it closes two. And I think a big part of that is that there's going to be support for the Raiders. No one's going to want the Bengals and that Bengal home field advantage. Plenty of good seats available. I tell you this. I'm with you. I tell you this. Let's think of a bet here. Because right now at Pinnacle, or let's use Matchbook, so Matt does Maddie doesn't get mad. <laughs> right now it's two and a half minus ten at Matchbook with the Bengals. Super Contest has it at three. That's them saying we think it's going up. It's not going down. You think it's going down? I think it's. Going I'm with Fez. But but we all agree this is the super contest telling us it's going up, in their opinion. They don't get every game right. But in their opinion, yes, I agree. Yeah. They think it's going back to three. So this might be one of those games where come Friday, if this is one and a half, we take the three. Certainly going to be worth consideration. Just don't ask me to watch the game. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. See, I'll never do that on the radio. No, that was a good one. I know. All right. I bring out the best in Fed. <laughs> <laughs> Next game, Ravens favored by seven and a half, seven and a half at home against Tampa. And I think I'm the, uh, yep, I like, in fact, this was uh, Adam Carolla I do every week. It's on the Thursday show. 65% there, two picks a week. And uh, I gave no help from you guys. <laughs> Well, some weeks I asked fans early. I take I took Tampa. I like Tampa here. To me, it's driven by one thing. Four of the five worst rushing defenses in the NFL, DVOA, were the last four games for the Ravens. So think about that. We're bringing in a quarterback that wants to run more than any quarterback in the NFL. We're going to run more than any team in the NFL. And lo and behold, we don't play some five straight or four straight below average run rush defense. It's literally was 29 or 28, 29, 31, 32. It's almost statistically impossible. That's who they've played. So to me, I just feel like the Ravens off a physical, tough road game at KC. The total in this is low. Oh, go for it, baby. Uh, I'm just, what number are we using here? Seven and a half? Yes, yes. And it, it was eight earlier Like today. it's going to land eight. Yeah, well, hey, it's worth something. But to me, this feels like the time that, and the total in this game with Tampa, the best, maybe one of the certainly top five offense in the NFL, right, Fez? Yeah, in terms of YPP, absolutely top five. You down with in YPP? Term, in terms of what, aren't they a top five offense? Turnovers. But that's not all. <laughs> you sound, oh, well, hold on. But Jameis is playing better. I mean, you sound so square. Oh, they've turned the ball over. I thought that's when you wanted to play teams. You just asked me the question. Yeah, but but <laughs> the stat. <laughs> Press a button, buddy. No, I I like really like Tampa, just not in this spot so much. Really? And what, here's the problem. What about the spot? I, I love like? the way that Jameis Winston's playing. I didn't like the fact that they lost OJ Howard going into last week's game. Uh, regardless of the second half meltdown, we saw that there is. And what what I did see last week is. Well, the second half meltdown? What are you talking about? Last week against punt. the Saints. I mean, they oh, melted okay. down yeah, last yeah. week. Okay. Well, 
what happened last week besides the block punt in the second half of last week's game? Deshaun Jackson got hurt. Now you're missing Deshaun Jackson, your number two receiver. OJ Howard, one of the best pass catching tight ends. And guess what happened? And I've been the biggest proponent of famous Jameis the last four weeks. Love the way he's playing. I had a wager on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the New Orleans Saints, which I lost. My fear is without OJ Howard, without Deshaun Jackson, uh, New Orleans started double teaming Mike Evans. And guess what happened? Famous Jameis didn't have a lot of open people to throw the football. So what's the status of Howard and Jackson? Both out this week. Both out for sure. Both out for sure this week. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. You know, one thing, RJ, that you brought up that I think is a great point is Lamar Jackson, all that success he's had against these bad rushing defenses. A lot of those games were real close and he needed to put his body on the line. Unsustainable the number of carries he's getting now. Baltimore is suddenly a seven and a half point favorite. I could certainly see a scenario we're unlike the Saints being able to pull away against Tampa Bay that Jackson stops running the ball as much and they can't get up by double digits. Which was what I thought against Oakland when we took them. And then it was a, a fourth down. What was our fumble return? So that was a, that was, oh, 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 my I'm in. All right. What are you? Oh, my gosh. Wow, that's just because you want one bet a month. Don't <laughs> oh, don't start wow. ripping Action Jackson over. <laughs> Look, I just did. Hey, you see anyone that? that loves getting plus one ten, you yeah. got to give them credit. Yeah. <laughs> so jump on with me, Brad. No, it's that Tampa defense worries oh, me on okay. the road. How about these home away splits at home? Actually, Tampa's defense is halfway defense, uh, decent. They allow twenty one points per game on the road, forty points per game. Here are the totals: 40, 48. 34, 37, 42, 38. On the road, man, this defense sucks. And, and I'm worried without their weapon, uh, without their those offensive weapons. We know this is a team that covers spreads with offensive output and not defensive capabilities. And and I thought last week was a spot you're supposed to get up. It's your most heated rival. Well, first off, they, they were, were up. Yeah, they, they I mean, covered. They, they were fourteen up fourteen three at halftime. But right? everyone dismissed that second half as oh, it's all momentum after a block punt. There was some momentum, but some of it was there were no weapons left to throw the football to for Jameis Winston and now they're going against the best pass defense I just feel like it's a bad spot it's the letdown emotionally after playing your arch rival going into the Midwest playing in the cold on the road against the motivated team trying to win a division and now you don't have enough weapons to throw the football team and oh yeah and you're a team that needs to throw the football to win games originally I didn't like it but I'm on Baltimore Holy camoly, this can't be. Tampa Bay has a 30th rush defense. Yeah, they're not good. Yeah. Let's not. So you're, t- this is DVOA. So you're telling me that in five weeks, they, they're playing the five worst rush defenses. Mm-hmm. Now think about that. Let's do the odds real quick. Each, the first time it's going to be one in six, right? Let's say there's 31, uh, one in six, right? Mm-hmm. Second time, it's going to be worse than one in six because there's only four teams left. And the last time it's going to be one in 30. So the odds of them playing in five straight weeks to five worst rushing defenses is going to be like a hundred thousand to one. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I don't know if that's the right number. Yeah, 10 to one to the fifth. But I'm saying, I mean, can, that's freaking unbelievable. <laughs> All right. I don't love this one as much. Hmm. All right. Next game. God damn it. I think the, listen, it's funny though. 
I almost guarantee I'm going to win this because I've gotten the best of him so many freaking times. And then the next, and then he's getting paid. If you do like, Baltimore, <laughs> so it's going to go the other way this yeah. time. If you do like Baltimore, the Baltimore teaser makes a whole lot of sense with a team like the Vikings. So you're saying tease down through seven and three. Yes. Basic strength. Oh, that's, that's why they pay me the big bucks <laughs> around here. <laughs> but I would say even beyond that, the total's relatively low in around 44, which makes your point. And also, let's be honest, John Harbaugh is a low variance team. I mean, he's a good coach. They're rarely flat. Uh, so I, did you ever notice on this show that we only bring up low totals when it's like benefits? Like no one's talking about the Minnesota total where they're laying seven in a total of forty one. Well, but in you a total talk, where forty four and a talk, half. You talked for six and a half minutes on that game. You could have brought it up. <laughs> All right. I mean, I got action on it. Oh, look, I didn't love it coming into it. I just the more I looked at the injury report, and I just can't help but remember that second half. But just to be clear, I was saying if he t- on the teaser. Everyone talks about advantage teasers, but some of the other things is how the variance of the team, yep. and also um, the total, the number sure. of total points. So mm-hmm. I'm saying I was joking with him; he was giving us an, a Wong yeah. teaser or whatever. A Baltimore minus eight teaser is obviously better than a Pittsburgh on the road minus eight teaser. Yeah. Now they do say math the MTI guys um, mathematically it's much better to go up through three and seven to eight than down. Just historically, I agree with that. Okay, next game. Colts, Cowboys. Oh, look, there's one best bet. It's Brad Powers. Best bet in Indianapolis here. I just think this is a classic game. Motivation will be an issue here for the Cowboys. It's a classic game. That's why it's a best classic bet. Classic motivational oh. game here. Sorry. <laughs> game that just quite simply doesn't mean much to Dallas. They're off that emotional overtime win over Philly. They're off three straight home games, now taken to the road. Means everything to Indianapolis if they're going to have a chance for the wild card. Cowboys, America's team, five straight wins, five straight covers. Now finally starting to get a little expensive, in my opinion. And a sneaky hidden factor, Frank Reich, the new head coach in Indianapolis. Where was he coaching last year? In the NFC East. Already a pair of covers against NFC East teams already. Familiar with the personnel of Dallas. Keep in mind, Indianapolis doesn't play Dallas, obviously, that often. I Best bet, Colts. Pu- I wanted to push the button on him so bad. Do it. Just for, like, bagging on me. Maddie bets too much. <laughs> but I actually agree with every single thing he said, and I love that side. I'm going to have to find a different one. Baz, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I think um, Brad brings up some excellent points. And on that five-game win streak for Dallas, with five covers, amazingly, they were five close games. Every game was a one possession game. So uh chance for Dallas to exhale and read how they're now 99% yeah. to win the division. They don't need this game. I think Brad pegged it perfect. This is probably the motivational mismatch of the week. I think we could agree. Hmm. I mean, and there's no really home field. Three and four doesn't mean a lot for winning the division. Hadn't even thought about it. I never really consider three or four being relevant. So you're saying they're not going to be I guess it's going to be hard with the Bears even. So they're not going to, obviously Rams and Saints get to buy, right? Boy, I kind of wanted to, I tell you this, I don't love the Colts. I mean, I don't want the other side more I think about it. I think Dallas is building upon their own. I mean, they're so excited. I mean, think about the pressure of being in Dallas. Sure. No team, I think, gets that pressure more or feels pressure more than the Cowboys. And now we're getting love. And obviously Dak's playing for a contract. So, so I don't think this Those is a good point. I don't think it's a clear mismatch, but I think the Colts are really good. 
And the Frank Reich's thing is actually pretty good. And actually, in hindsight, and this is what Lombardi, remember, Lombardi took a lot of heat for being anti-Peterson last oh. year. And then if you looked at where the Eagles were good, it was on third and long where no team's ever good. They were good. If you look at the, and apparently it was Reich's third down package was his main or one of his contributions. And they said Andrew Luck's having his best year on third downs. So I do feel like this is, and, and then look what Philly's doing. It feel, and it doesn't look like it's Filippo. Maybe it is. That's strong. So to me, at some point, this is mostly what Lombardi's saying. He thinks the real gutting of the, you know, the brain drain in Philly was Reich. And again, being familiar with the Cowboys, and let's be honest, the Clapper's not a great coach. So, all right. Boy, two and a half. I mean, this was two and a half, 120 earlier, but it's at three. Cause that's why I thought I was going to be getting about 10 cents. But really, the, the sharp books are pretty much three flat now. Yeah. And I think it made sense. I didn't really, I was kind of on your side. Hey, you know, Dallas with all this momentum playing so well, potentially even get Sean Lee back. But after Brad said, Ooh. It, Ooh, well, Fez. you know that's going to get oh, Fez man. there. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to get excited. <laughs> No comment. I still think that, <laughs> oh, Sean Lee will help the team, but Vander Esch being the stud that he has been, it's only minimal. Can he shout the plays from the sidelines? <laughs> you, you wonder how difficult can it really be to train one of these other guys to figure out well, what the other why, team's going to run? Why can't you just get up on the head? Don't the, def- the, the defense has a headset too, right? Till 15 yeah. seconds. He should be just up there in, on, in a rocking chair calling out the it's play. It's a draw. <laughs> <laughs> Fez will hold on to for his dear life. You got to give him credit there. All right, any closing thoughts? Boy, you got to give Brad credit. Got by his best bat. Next, sigh <laughs> relief. Next game, we actually have a best bat from the man who doesn't pay the vig, Dave Esler. I would say this, Maddie. I got more comments from your eruption, your conniption. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people I'm were worried about your mental now. health. Yeah, I'm staying calmer now. And you were screaming. It was almost like irrational, almost like uh, in tongues. It was like, everybody pays the big except Dave Esler. And then he shakes his fist like Grandpa Simpson. Uh, what, what, what was well, it? Just put me in. Uh, he contradicted himself. It just made me a little bit insane. And again, and, and to me, it's when you say contradiction, it's really just another word for that he doesn't listen to the Vegas echo chamber. That he's willing to say something that that you he's willing to say something that you don't agree with, and all of us are afraid to say. The only monster here is a gambling monster that has enslaved your mother. I call him Gamblor, and it's time to snatch your mother from his neon claws. <laughs> <laughs> Gamblor. All right, let's listen today. Best bet this week, I'm fading the Detroit Lions again. I bet against them last week, and I lost. They won that game in Arizona with one offensive touchdown, which won't happen in Buffalo this week. Lions on the road this season, only other win was at Miami in that six-hour lightning-delayed game. That was with a healthy carry-on Johnson, Golden Tate, and Marvin Jones against, by the way, Brock Osweiler. Last week, the Bills did everything but win the game against the Jets. Somewhat predictable outcome given a division game. It's Buffalo weather 
Although it's not as cold as I wish it would be, it's not a dome. The Bills' offense the last three weeks, 5.8 yards per play, 1.2 more than their season average. But here's the thing. Buffalo's defense is first in total yards allowed, third in yards per play. Their passing defense, and this surprised me, 185 yards per game allowed. Last three games, only 130. Stafford was questionable last week with a bad back at Arizona. I wonder how the cold in Buffalo affects that. I look at the Bills as a poor man's Ravens, and I think they get it done over the Lions on Sunday. So, so Matt, how long would we have to listen to you blather on before you talked about Stafford's back? I don't know. I will say this. <laughs> Dave Esler is a consummate gentleman, but what I did notice about his breakdown right there that he said he never uses before, Dave Esler mentioned and looks like he's down with YPP. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe he's doing that ironically. Yeah. So, Fez, what, what do you agree with most about with Dave's take? What do you disagree with most? I, I thought Dave's take was phenomenal. Oftentimes. Better than Maddie's? Yes. Oftentimes, <laughs> Dave gets at the same side of a game in different ways. But this time, I really like the fact he isolated the fact. Carry on Johnson, we talked about. He's a stud rookie running back, averaging over five yards per carry. He's critical, even more critical when you lose your wide receivers, Jones and Tate in Detroit, frankly. Did it with mirrors against Arizona with that uh, 63 yard interception return that got them the lead. And really, that game should have ended zero, zero. So, uh, Detroit back to back road trips, got to go to one side of the country, Arizona, now where it's hot. Now you got to go to Buffalo where it's cold and you're a dome team. I like Dave's analysis. Maddie, what do you think is the key, the one key in this game? I'm not breaking it down. I sent in my five picks ahead of time. The Buffalo Bills were one of them. Everybody says Essler is better than me. I'm on board with the Essler <laughs> Everybody does it. Your mom doesn't say he's better. No, she doesn't. <laughs> I feel like she's just trying to pick me back up. <laughs> All right. Next game. Uh, let me ask you. Fez, we talked about what does a team have to play for. I think the Bills and Josh, and listen, Josh Allen didn't play well last week. If he, he ran really well, and the shocking thing is he's run for more than 300 yards the last three weeks. So he's putting his body out there. And But he threw two weeks ago, fourth best QBR. Last week he was horrible. I think that the, the, the Bills, especially at home, it feels like that this team has, it's a bad team with a reason to play hard. Does that sound right to you? It does. I'm not even sure they're a bad team anymore, RJ. But there is the idea that all those Peterman games and the, and the other quarterbacks they brought in, they're all blended in the stats. Yeah. So you look at that. And even the Josh Allen games are when he's first start, second start. Rookie coming in. Yeah. So you look at that being down on YPP. Here's an example. I think what's Buffalo's YPP like 4.6 now yards per play, still well below the NFL average. I think you can throw that in the garbage can. I think Buffalo's offense is fast approaching being almost an average offense and they have an above average defense. Given that there's outstanding value back in them the rest of the year. All right, next game. And since Maddie's showing so much deference, it's kind of like, remember, you know how you have a dog? Oh, good. Oh, Shady McCoy may not play. He's really important because the drop-off to Chris Ivory at Buffalo running back is, is significant. So that's one reason for not betting Buffalo. Hmm. Since Maddie showed so much deference, almost like a dog, that if you go to pet him and he bites you, you don't pet him the next time. 
He messed with Astler, got light in the wallet. Like the Pink Panther movie. Oh, my. <laughs> I wonder what percentage of the audience have seen the Pink Panther. Does your dog bite? <laughs> Womp. <laughs> Couldn't you see Fez in another world where he's got like broken glasses, like taped up? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got to be honest with you. You took a right turn somewhere. You really did. Here he is on the Bears. Bears and Packers. I know the early money likes the Packers, but a win over a hapless Falcons team doesn't upgrade Green Bay, in my opinion. One could look at this game as a letdown for the Bears after beating the Rams, but the Bears haven't been good enough long enough to have a letdown. With the Minnesota loss on Monday, the Bears can all but clinch the NFC North with a win. Chicago lost to these Packers in the season opener at Green Bay. However, that was without Mack. It was Roquan Smith's first NFL game. The Bears' defense, top three in nearly every statistical category. As a team, they're numero uno in turnover margin and one of the least penalized teams in the NFL. And oh, by the way, the Packers are winless on the road. Trubisky shook off some rust against the Rams. Very predictable. And much to make people surprised, including mine, the Bears' offense is seventh in scoring, a full 11 points better than last year, well ahead of the Packers. I like Chicago to get it done again. Thoughts? Fez? Interesting game. You know, one thing that D- that Dave said that I think we have to put a little asterisk by is to say, oh, the, the Bears offense is really scoring a whole bunch of points. I would argue the Bears team is scoring a bunch of points because of all those turnovers that the defense is getting them. My concern is Trubisky. He's, um, Dave mentioned, oh, he got the rust off. I'm not sure if it's just Rust. He played a horrible game against the Rams, and I question whether he with that shoulder really is 100% healthy. He overthrew a lot of receivers in that game, and I have major concerns about his accuracy and his health. i got to be honest with you. This line surprises me. I think a lot of people might be directionally inclined towards the Bears. Well, I guess it did open three and a half. I would have guessed three and a half or four. I thought the Aaron Rodgers narrative... Would have been, I mean, we're moving now towards almost a touchdown. Boy, it feels like they're expensive. But I, on the other hand, I don't want Aaron Rodgers. I feel like Aaron Rodgers had his statement game and there's going to be a natural, you know, imagine the intensity of that week, emotionally, especially leading up to that game against Atlanta. Then you win, you take a gigantic breath, and now you're going on the road against, with revenge. The Bears? You know, one thing that did happen, RJ, not only did Green Bay win, but amazingly, seemingly, every other wild card contender well, who's in going the NFC, on the road with revenge? Green Bay won the first matchup, right? Did it come from behind? No, what I'm saying is they're going to play in Chicago, and Chicago has revenge. I'm saying it's a, revenge, it's a yeah. tough spot for Green Bay. I just think it's expensive. I, At I th- three and a half, I, I was going to fire on this, I felt, you know, but I didn't. And I, th- I think Green Bay does look at this. If they look at the standings, they're like, wait a minute. We're not out of it anymore. The Redskins are dead. So Mackie's just lost. Mackie, look, look, 538, what's the Green Bay? Uh, all right. Um, any closing thoughts? And Green Bay was outgained. I mean, we all pretty much like Green Bay last week. We're outgained in that one plus two turnovers. Go ahead. 3%. Yeah, so I, ju- I just know this. It doesn't matter how great something is. If it's a build up, build up, build up, then it happens. You know, I don't know if if it's your adrenaline gland or there's that sense of being wrung out. 
you know, it, it just feels like that the Green Bay had about as much emotion as you can have in the regular season, right? Fez, you're looking at me like you're. Late. I'm, I'm thinking back at their games, yeah, because they've they've had a lot of. No, close. no, no, I'm talking specifically about this game against Atlanta. They've the McCarthy was coach longer than Vince Lombardi. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was there for 13 years. So they fired a guy after 13 years. I think the emotion around that was gigantic. And I think there's been a, a lot of emotional energy expanded during the season. Remember, they played, had to play four or five games on the road and so many gut-wrenching losses on the road at Seattle, at the Rams. I mean, this team could have won those games. Uh, Dave mentioned they're winless on the road. But uh, you wonder how much energy is left in this team. And some real bad blunders to lose those. The Rams game where Montgomery decides to bring that ball out on the kick and then fumbles it. And just some real kind of blunder plays to lose it too. And remember, guys, on uh, my Twitter on Sunday, and I'm going to do a little earlier. I was putting it around noon, but I'm going to do it. Let's say I'll commit to doing it by 11 a.m. Eastern is I will have all five of our picks. So obviously in my Twitter... His Twitter handle is at RJ in Vegas. And, uh, you know, obviously it's not as obvious what games we love here, but we got 640K at stake come Sunday at 11. You're going to know exactly who we like. Exactly. We're putting that out by 11. So you have your chance to do your thing. Um, I got to tell you, next game, I'm thinking about fading Two guys, Brad and Maddie, are both on Tennessee. And I want to hear their discussion, but I might go the other way. Just a little warning. I, I think Tennessee is one of those teams. Uh, first of all, I really like Vrabel as the coach. I like the positive momentum. I like the fact that this team is right in the mix to actually make the playoffs last year. And we know they, I mean, this year, and we know they have the talent because they made it last year, right? So this is a team that has playoff caliber talent. We all think Vrabel's an upgrade as a coach. The downfall on the offensive side of the ball has been the inconsistency of Marcus Mariota. And some of that, I think Fez and I would have agreed with throughout the season, has been due to the elbow injuries. He missed some time. He's been inconsistent. He felt rushed back at times. The elbow's been bothering him. I think this is a scenario here where you get one team really motivated and on the other side of the ball, a team that might not be. Odell Beckham Jr. is 50-50 at best to play, probably 40-60. He's probably 60% not going to play. And I think the Giants coming off that really Fugazi win against, I mean, Washington may not just be the worst team in football right now. The way that they're playing from motivation and, and this, you know, the emotional state after seeing back-to-back quarterbacks not only suffer major injuries of broken legs, but one of them, their original starter, Alex Smith, was still in the hospital battling infections from those broken legs. So I think there was a real emotional uh, drop-off for the Washington Redskins. And and last week we saw, you know, Mark Sanchez look terrible and New York looked so good. I got a feeling this week the Giants come back down to earth against the team really fighting for a playoff spot. And you could make a case that this is the best team the New York Giants have played in weeks. I'm going to go ahead and, and lay the short number. or take. So, the so remember now, the Giants just beat the Bears, right? With Chase Daniel at quarterback. Yeah, yeah with Chase yeah. Daniel. So the Bears yeah. with Chase Daniels is where are they in your the Brad Powers power rankings? Mm. I don't know that no, they're I in the top. I want to say they're probably even with Tennessee. 
What? Yeah, the Bears Chase with Chase Daniel are even with Tennessee. That seems right to you, Fed? That's I right agree. where I got him. Well, that's freaking insane. No, it's not. Chase no, it's Daniel insane. played so bad. Uh, well, except, boy, except what? Except that every well, minute. Well, first of off, I'll tell you what except. Except the idea that we sat here and told the world that Chase Daniels was a two-point downgrade. He sat here and told the world that Chase know? Daniels. No, I didn't say that. Okay, I said that he say? played terrible. If well, you yeah, back. after the fact. Every- and, and leading into it, I wondered. The narrative was that because he was familiar with the coach and the system, that he would automatically be better than we thought. But even Fez agreed, even after the very first game on Thanksgiving, despite the fact that this guy understood the coach, had played with them before, and was in the system— his actual ability to to execute it on the field was nowhere near at NFL level. So he's not an NFL quarter. So we went from Fez saying one of the five best backups in the NFL, Chase Daniel. Correct? You said that? I did say that. And now he's not. It shouldn't even be a third string quarter. I agree. I agree that he shouldn't. I he cannot play. I, I, I disagree. Well, what's that. the drop off then? I have a three points. Three points. It's only no. three points still. Yeah. After how bad he's played. Three points. How about Trubisky? Well, that depends where his Trubisky rating is, I guess. No, I'm asking you. Where's Trubisky one to thirty two? It was starting quarterbacks. Oh, I don't know. The twenty, twenty two range. So he's slightly below average. That's it. He's a little more than yeah, I don't think he's way over slightly below average. When he went out with the shoulder injury, he was leading the entire NFL by rushing yards by a quarterback. And in twenty eighteen, that means something. The ability of a mobile quarterback to escape the pocket and make because we know we can't make it through his reads. But the fact that he can escape But he's the twentieth best quarterback. I I said mid to low twenties. I didn't say the twentieth best quarterback. It's straight because there's some bad quarterbacks. This is an interesting question. If you have the 16th best quarterback starter, so average, dead average, and a dead average backup, what do you think the drop off is in the NFL? Four points. That seems high. Ooh. Whoa. So Ooh. now the, the, so average to average is four, but Trubisky to, to Chase Daniel, who couldn't execute a play, is three. That four seems high. The best quarter, there's only, how many are worth seven? There's six or seven. So six or seven were seven. I don't oh, no, know. That's too no, that's too there's high. not that's seven guys. Yeah. Six or seven were six. That's I, I not try seven. to hit the button. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I had Matthew Stafford worth nine and a half points. Before I just wonder if started. Trubis- I mean, I wonder if Trubisky's even. I mean, I don't. I mean, I guess there's a lot of bad quarters. There's a lot it's of bad. We- it's his wheels. It's his ability to run that's that differentiates him from Chase Daniel. So you're saying as passer, if, if there was a rule that neither could run, they're even quarterback. I would no. I would still say that Trubisky's better, but we can we can have a conversation. Maybe better by a point. To so point so out. you're saying right now, Chicago and Tennessee on a neutral field. Chicago is lane three. Yes. Let me. I mean, pull up your power ratings and make that case. No, you I, you got some convoluted. I can't read that <laughs> scribbles. All right. So I, Chicago's my number six team. Okay. And four points better than an average team. Jesus. All right. They're my number six team. I got the Chargers five points better than average team. That's my number five team. And I got Tennessee Titans, my number 14 team, one point better than an average team. And I think most people would agree Tennessee is a slightly above average team. And where do you got the Giants? The Giants, I have lower than the marketplace. I have them 21st, two points worse than an average team. Okay. So what you're saying is this line, Titans are one point better. So you're saying this line should be pick them. Correct. If you give the Giants three for home field, which I'm not so sure we should. So it should be less than pick. You're saying Tennessee, Tennessee the should wrong be team. one. I say Tennessee but you don't, should be But you don't like favorite. Tennessee. No, I do like Tennessee. 
No, you got a lean on Tennessee. Oh, I do have a lean. I do not have a like. You are correct. I, as usual. So t- explain it. You know, gut feeling, just a gut feeling that the Giants, this winning streak, it feels like the players have all bought into this team big time. Whenever I watch them, and maybe I have to admit, I watched all the Washington game. And yes, Sanchez was absolutely atrocious. But the momentum that the Giants got from that, and even the way they took over the stadium, I think this is the rare team that only has four wins, but is super excited about how the season. We, we have to admit though that four wins because they're on. A, they've won four of their last five. We all realize that, and and they they should have won the Philadelphia game. Correct. So let's. They're on a four out of five win streak, but those wins are against the, the Bears team, at New, the Buccaneers, New the Four I'm sorry, in Chicago, the Washington Redskins team who couldn't have been any more demoralized, and a Bears team by three with Chase Daniel playing. Was that in Chicago? And, uh no, is in New York. I was in 100% New York. Percent in New York, yeah. So a home game against Chase Daniel, plus nine in turnovers their last five games. Yeah, I just outgained in four of their last six games. I don't think they're playing overly that well. I don't think they are either. Plus four turnovers against Tampa Bay, but seemingly that's the case of every Tampa Bay game this year. I mean, right? they gave up thirty five to Tampa Bay in that game. They gave up twenty three to the Niners. They gave up twenty seven to the Bears. This defense sure isn't playing great football. I mean, what anybody wants to hit the button on me, Brad and Fez? It did seem like the Giants were <laughs> well, first. About, first off, Fez isn't isn't on it right now. It, it seemed, yeah, I'm not on it. It seemed like the Giants were about to bail on Shermer, you know, but then they, you know, they bailed on their coach the year before, and we had questions about their motivation, and all that talk has ceased. Sure, no, I agree, and I love the way the young guys, Odell Beckham, and 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 the running game, and Evan Ingram coming back. They seem to have sparked it, and. But but now Ingram Ingram's not a hundred percent. Odell Beckham's probably forty percent, and and the defense is not playing great. Washington couldn't have played any worse. They couldn't have been any more demoralized in that spot. Last thing, I actually did some new analysis this week. This is interesting. I think I took the net yards per game. So how many you gained versus your opponent, and added up all of the home games and all the road oh. games. Then looked at the differential because if you only have, you know, 16 games, it's hard to look at the other one and four in the road. So really, what is the difference? Pittsburgh, the most reliant home team, um, they actually uh, are, are 77 better yards at home. Baltimore second, 75. Rams third, 60. Now, this is interesting the idea that, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I was, that was actually, that was just net yards per game the whole season. I'm sorry. I got another list here. So Pittsburgh's one, Baltimore's two, Rams three, Chargers four, Tampa five. Tampa has the best, the fifth best net yards per game in the NFL. But now the split, New England, 156 yards better at home. Dallas, 145 better at home. Philly, 134. Chicago, 118. Minnesota 116, Chargers 112, surprising, Arizona 112, and then the bottom, this is a shocker, Atlanta's 80 yards better on the road, Giants 60 yards better on the road. Oh, they're at home this week. That's what I'm saying. So, but Tennessee is number 23, so Tennessee's pretty road or home, uh, Relying also, but actually it's only 13 yards of difference. That's interesting. Huh? 
but I guess they're not that much better at home. So just to finish up, the only teams that are negative on the uh, at home, Detroit, Seattle, that blows my mind. Seattle's 52 yards better net on the road this year. Pittsburgh, Giants, Atlanta. Hmm. But we might think, oh, it's a small sample. But if you're looking at yards, it's so much better than saying a team's one and four, right? Or whatever, right? Yeah, but it's Because that's just a binomial. It, but it's still one game that's giving you 138 plays. And so you, you, you're like, I have 138 data points. But I'd argue, yeah, it's still one data point that's... Well, that doesn't make any sense. You're saying you'd rather have one data point rather than a, to me, that's the only, if you can't trust per play in the NFL, we're fucked because I mean, think about it. There's only 16 games in a year. We're never going to be able to split. If 16 is not enough just for all games, forget eight and eight. What can you know about eight games? Well, I'm just, but I'm saying, no, they, what you just said was, is each game's one data point. And you can't get anything from the, the per play. I would rather look at the, I am down on YPP. I'm, I, I, no, I it's like, not about that. I'm talking about per play. It might be DVOA. It might be, there's all kinds of ways to get at it at a play basis. But if all we're looking at is final scores, I don't think we can figure anything out. I, I agree with that. But I do think like you look at a team like Dallas, they don't have a big home field advantage for whatever reason. They've had a monster extremity year where they're so much better at home than on the road this year. I don't know what to make of it. It doesn't, it conflicts completely with the historical data. Dallas is actually one of the best teams on the road historically relative to home. But the funny thing is the yards backs it up too. I was hoping to get it. You know, I was hoping Dallas would be at the middle of the pack reaffirming the point. So it's something to watch. All right, I'm not going to press the button. I was going to get scared. This is RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Now back to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Next game, Redskins. Hey, it's good thinking to be scared when you're in a bad spot. Redskins, Jags, line is seven, only seven. Wow, that's interesting. They thought all the duct tape shoe guys were going to go for seven and a half. (laughs) No one likes this game much. So, Fez, how do we, I mean, obviously those duct tape shoe guys are going to think skins here. Why don't we play the skins? Because we have no idea how good Josh Johnson really is. Well, I'm, we were able to figure Chase Daniel out in two games. <laughs> what, didn't Josh? Didn't he play most of the game? No, Josh Johnson played. Oh, Chase Daniel. No, no, no. I'm saying Josh Johnson. Josh no, Johnson he came in when the second he half. came in when they're down forty yeah. to nothing. Yeah, that's and right. so he had a, he had a seventy QBR. He looked great. That's what I'm saying. His QBR was good. Yeah, because it, it, he turned a, a zero to forty deficit into a sixty and well, he to forty threw one deficit. pass that was a five yard pass to Jamison Crowder that turned into an eighty yard touchdown. And he basically hasn't played in the league in five years. And according to Wikipedia. He was slated to be a quarterback. It's Wikipedia. Wikipedia. He was, he, he was slated Wikipedia. to be the quarterback for the San Diego Fleet next year. Of the Alliance of America football, whatever the heck that is, next year before he became the starting quarterback for the Washington Redskins. Dr. Lakshmanan Satyavagiswaran. The first name goes as follows. L-A-K-S-H-M-A-N-A-N. And the last name is S A T S and Thomas H Y A V A G I S W A R A N. Got it, Fez? 
Wow. That's one of the funniest things he's ever said. <laughs> hey, Slavy. Yes, that's a drop. Hundred percent. Use the mic. Hundred percent. We need th- time log when that was. We got to pull that. Okay, you got it. Like when you're doing the post today, pull that right away. I will. <laughs> According to we, how did you? Say that? Wikipedia. <laughs> and it was nobody had a big pause. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Fred, you look mad. You can't be mad. You're I, the one that said it. I'm embarrassed to say I truly felt that that was the correct pronunciation. Well, obviously, that's why you said it. <laughs> hey, listen, Fred, you're not the only one, Fez. You're not the only one. If you just look at their Pythagorean wind theorem. See? <laughs> Break out the pythons. <laughs> All right. So, boy, this is one of the ones... Cause I actually like the Giants. I was trying to talk you into the Giants last week and you're like, my power ratings say it should be two. It's three and a half. I can't play it. Remember? I did say that. And my question is sometimes there's just like we talked about weather. Sometimes it's just so drastic. No, no, no reasonable number is going to adjust for it. What's different about the skins? How, why aren't they as bad as the team we saw in the field? Cause usually if it's 40 to nothing, it's a fluke. Was that a fluke? It was a whole lot of Mark Sanchez and the Redskins. Seemed- but but oh, do we think this new quarterback's any better? Well, the because the Redskins didn't think so, or they would have started. The they guy. were wrong. This so quarter- how do you know? I, I watched Mark Sanchez the eye test. No quarterback could be as bad as him. And I watched the team rally completely the second that he was benched. So you think the team gets motivated from here? The skins. I because I'm so. hearing they're complaining about wanting to hit in pads. Or, or even wearing pads, not hitting. I, I think Jay Gruden's lost his team. Could well be. Yeah, they had a late season pad practice, as you mentioned, and that's pretty rare in the NFL. Hmm. Any closing thoughts? The one thing that stood out to me last week that I, do, I don't know that's still prevalent this week is being at home last week with all the talk of Alex's Smith infection that was going on and, and all the issues he was having. I actually think it was a negative to be at home last week for the Redskins. And I know players were going down to visit him, trying to see him. He had to have you know, other surgeries to correct the all the issues from his original surgeries. I think it might have been a distraction. It might be a good thing for this team to get on the road and get away from Washington with everything that's going on. I don't want to play him, but... I actually think it might be advantageous for the Washington Redskins to get on the road this week. And a toxic environment at home for the Redskins fans. Norman calls out the fans. I'm tired of you guys booing us. And half the, uh, basically all the Redskins fans left at halftime of this past game. Falcons favored by eight and a half. Fez, I'm shocked you don't like Arizona here. What's, what's the rationale? <laughs> for not liking a team? Yeah. Uh, I think that I mean, make the case. I, I don't see the make the case where for Atlanta. I mean, the theory is if you don't like something, here's the thing. If we don't understand something, if I say, what's the odds of me making this 50 foot shot on the basketball court? Maybe you feel like I don't have any feel for this. 
but you know every NFL team. Yeah, I, so, I don't. So make the case why the line of eight and a half is correct here. Because I don't trust Arizona's offense at all. We talked about the number one wide receiver, Kirk, went down. And, and is he out this game for sure? Yeah, he's out for the year. And I think it's demoralizing for the offense. We don't trust Rosen at all. And here's here's a stat from their last game against Detroit. The Lions defense held this team to three points. David Johnson, stud running back that struggled this year. Eight catches last week, RJ. 12 yards. I don't think I've ever seen a receiver catch the ball, a running back, eight times for only 12 yards. Clearly, Detroit knew that Rosen could not throw the ball down the field. If you're going to cover against Atlanta, Atlanta's going to get some points. You're going to need to score 17 or 20 points. I'm not sure Arizona could do it against anyone. And how many points has Arizona scored in their last three games? 30 combined points, 10 points per game, last three for the Cardinals. That's what I'm saying is, is Arizona has one of the five best defenses in the NFL. Atlanta is playing poorly at home, and I tweeted this out. I do Atlanta ESPN every week. They said the crowd is out. I mean, like even that game again, and that was that Baltimore game. I disagree with you. And again, I was right now and not in many. But did you watch any of that game? The Atlanta crowd wasn't in it. I remember Dave talking about how the the crowd would give up and how this team wouldn't have any motivation, and it was a dejected crowd and a dejected sideline. And now they just Atlanta they've lost game. two games. I mean, to me, this feels like a correlated parlay. This feels like under because if Arizona wins covers, it's probably under. And yeah, doesn't I, Atlanta feel like the great YPP mystery again? They couldn't score last week against Green Bay. That game against Baltimore, their only touchdown was on uh, an interception return for a touchdown. Yet when you look at their YPP numbers, you go, oh, they're still throwing the football down the field, Julio Jones and all this. But at the end of the day, they're just not scoring when they're on offense. Yeah, I think RJ's got the right idea because I don't see how Arizona is going to score 17 points in this game. So given that that's the case and we don't want to bet Atlanta and they don't have a home field advantage like they used to, maybe if we're, if we're going, if we are going to bet Arizona, we're certainly going to parlay it to under 44. Yeah, I do. And and again, who knows this doesn't take up to 44 and a half. Cause I mean, 44 is one of the most, probably the most key number today, right? I got to feel it's more likely to tick down to 43 and a half. Well, at least the number, I mean, at, at, uh, a pinnacle, it's more shaded under. You're right. But, I mean, is the public really betting Atlanta under or under 44? The public's not going to bet an Arizona game to over. go over, especially after that Lions game. Yeah, you're right. Boy, it's amazing. Atlanta has the worst yardage differential split home and away. Saying, for them, home field is a negative by 80 yards a game. Net. Not just offense, like meaning they're eighty yards worse as a team at home. Yeah, and they and they were a team we would have if we were told eighty yard difference, or, the eighth or ninth best home field. Yeah, if you told us there's an eighty yard difference, we'd say that makes sense. We expect Atlanta to do better at home, not worse. Yeah, I, but boy, if you're getting paid, to, you know, ten to win two or a hundred to win two sixty, that it's just one of these. You know, some 10-3 game or something. Well, as you know, I'm a believer in your correlated parlays because you made me a lot of money last week. Oh, Fez. Listen, let's give Fez, rightfully so. Tell us about your parlay. So I was down Friday night with Ken Thompson at the Golden Nugget, and I stopped over. I'm jealous. Oh, wait, never mind. I went ahead and... Played four, four parlay cards against them. And, I, you know, I didn't even, like, play, like, just really soft numbers. I, I handicapped it and said, which games do I like that I also got good numbers on? And my lead-in plays, RJ, were RJ Bell specials here. 
Baltimore plus six and a half. Parlay to the under fifty one. Now wasn't he wasn't he making fun wasn't the Vig making fun of me? I believe that? he was. I think the Oakland Raiders also made an appearance plus ten and a half on my big parlay card, and so they all came in. So and uh, you won how much? Ten thousand. Woo dog. That's why you didn't like you like Fez a lot better now, Maddie. Let's be honest. You guys get along a lot better than when you were booking. Sure. And they were <laughs> And they were very nice when I cashed the ticket. Congratulated me. It was, but, but I was classic. never behind the counter. Like I can honestly say, I personally never in my life have I ever rejected any of Fez's or anybody else's bets. Those decisions were never in my hands. But you hated it when other people were rejecting him, and he was giving you and then he silent up me to and you and, cu- and saying, "Hey, Maddie, can you Matt, take care look, of this?" It's not that it's the biggest deal, but <laughs> to the counter and I asked for a WNBA total for five hundred. They come back with a message: "You can have it for a hundred." I wait. An hour, I bet a hundred the opposite way to try to fool the marketplace. <laughs> I'm the dirtiest player in the game. It's true. It's true. Fez, we should tweet. I'll tweet that out for you. What do you think? Sounds good. At RJ in Vegas, you can see Fez's 10,000. You think it would have came in with pizza today or something? No, no. You know something I'm going to do? Let's put a little something special together. We're so hot. And the funny thing is, best bet wise, you're killing. Right? 11 and 3. I'm 9, 4 and 1, but that's trailing. And here's what we're going to do. Hmm. What do we want to do? Do we want to put together a suit? Let's go rest of the season football for you. Rest of the season football. So this is college. You get all the bowls. And bowls are your, probably your strongest time for college football. Absolutely. Got three best bets locked and loaded in the bowls already. And all the NFL and w- on the season, obviously your best bets here have been great. On the season, it's just below sixty percent, so almost sixty. Going to go five and zero, oh, I th- I think on my season wins. Also, they're not final yet, though. So you've been locked in, obviously. Yes. So I'm not sure what the price is going to be because I don't dictate those things. But we will put up a combo special. But here's what I'm going to do, and I don't do this often. I'm going to take thirty percent off with a coupon. So we're going to do a coupon. It's just going to be Fez, but here's the trick. Fez is spelled, some say with one Z. I started spelling it with two. Fez was like, I think it's one. I go, no, I'm going to make it two. I'll tell you what your name is. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. (laughs) But now I want the coupon to be Fez. So it's going to be three Zs. F-E-Z-Z-Z. And it's 30% off, but this baby's going to expire on Sunday. So it's going to be a nice, juicy price for you, but only Dream Preview listeners get all of Fez for 30% off, and it's F-E-Z-Z-Z. All right. I like it. Next game. Seahawks 49ers. Line is four and a half, I think. Yep. And let me see. Uh, Faz, you like San Fran. Oh, wait. Maddie Holt likes San Fran. No, wait. I meant Brad Powers. How could Maddie Holt and Fez like the same? But Brad, that's coincidental. Now, I don't like the Jets. When we were on Straight Out of Vegas today, uh, on Tuesday on Fox, what did you give as your early best bet? San Francisco. And what's yours, friend? My early best bet? No, you're you're one of your pigs? San Francisco. No, it had nothing to do with Fez? I didn't hear that. You were sitting right here. 
Oh, I was. Oh, we were on phone. Yeah. We remember we had ICN trouble. All right, make your K. Let's hear your handicap. Well, to me, I look, Seattle. <laughs> well, um, uh, no. <laughs> Seattle last week looked scoreboard looks great against Minnesota, 21 to 7. But the reality was, again, they're only up 6 nothing middle of the fourth quarter, and Minnesota's got the ball at the one-yard line going to score. In fact, Seattle's been outgained in five of their last six games. So, yes, scoreboard looks good for the Seahawks lately. Uh, the box score says differently. And meanwhile, speaking of that, 49ers crushed, crushed by Seattle just a couple weeks ago. In the box score, though, they weren't. Sam Fran plus 127 yards. I liked what I saw from at least the sidelines from Sam Fran last week. A lot of optimism there. Give me the 49ers. Well, I didn't really have an opinion, but since Brad's on board. Oh, my gosh. You know, at 600, Fez likes it, too. Yeah, I'm in. All right. Well, listen, I like Sam Fran, too. You want another three? Yep. <laughs> wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. At the big, at the big. Oh. What I know you, I'm getting so beat up this year. Oh. <laughs> Do you feel Seattle 11, 2, and 1 against the spread last 14 games against the San Francisco 49ers? San Francisco 0 and 5 against their spread their last five games. They're not playing good. They have nothing left to play for. Who does? The Seattle Seahawks. Seattle 4 and 0 last four against the. I know. God forbid that. That uh, they actually do, and that the motivation be a mismatch. This, but tell me what they're playing for, because you know what we talk about the Niners showing up all the time, and and they showed up one week against a depleted Denver team, but they're not showing up. Besides that, but it, hold on, if you're going to show up in an out of conference, they don't game, show up in the division. The Niners don't. Huh? But that can't be about motivation. It's going to be about something else. Oh, and four, their last four against the NFC West against the spread. Oh, and four. That I'm just saying that recently they're not showing up in that division this year. Well, you just said, though, Seattle has all the motivation. Seattle has a 99% chance to make the playoffs. They have a 0% chance to win the division. I'd be hard-pressed to find another team that had less motivation or incentive than Seattle the next three weeks. i got to be honest. Maddie's very good at what he does. Meaning he's very good picking NFL games. Let's start there. The the funny thing is I was going to tease him, and then I started thinking about it, and it made me a little ill. If Maddie was just one game above five hundred on his best bets, so you would have been eight and six. We would have three more wins. We'd be like, like we'd be the talk of the world that we're up two and a half games in the suit, or I guess we'd be up two games in the super contest. Well, then I, I'm going to have to get out after this year. You want to get out now? We'll give you your money back. No, yeah, that's, that's, fine. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. We just talked about it. <laughs> but the funny thing is, I was going to tease him about it. Then I started thinking, oh, man, that does suck. But I think you've made a huge contribution to that. I mean, I'm thinking in my mind, the guy on Friday who, you know, is kind of making the final decisions. But obviously, I'm picking your guys' brains like crazy. I would say Maddie helped us on 10 games this year that I would have went a different direction. So I love that we think differently about things. Not quite as much as Esler thinks differently, but 
Oh, go ahead, Fez. Well, and I'm cool. getting first kick at the can, so I'm getting to pick. Oh, come the first on, he's game. picking the second game. Oh, yeah, those games have been good. Yeah. Well, and a whole lot of those games you guys have both agreed with, and I've got. Yes, yeah, though, my, I mean, come on. Look, this isn't about best bet. Exactly, this You're is right. just about hey, let's throw a little action if we're going to play on it. And in these type of situations no, yeah, this year, it's worked out. No, no, no. What I'm saying is. I, I guess if the idea I'm saying of having a, a green button on the show, then why are we never going to press it? I agree. I love the ag. I think you're getting defensive here. What I'm saying then is, what are we talking about? I'm not. I don't no, no, even have a good. What, what I'm saying is, I was. Gonna, I'm trying to get Brad, and you guys jumped on board. That's happened before, Carolina Panthers. Oh where my, I tried to get Fez. Everybody jumps on board. Let's pile on. Poor oh, wait, Maddie, you're making me. Re- and karma comes back home. You're making me remember my point. Is he is so proud, Peacock, about his net win in the green button you would think at some point he would say like under his breath like you know my best bets haven't been doing great but you know when these but he doesn't even mention it he's just like going hey everybody (laughs) (laughs) so that was my main point that said i'll say this i guess we're not going to be able to play it in the super contest but I would say San Fran is one of my five or six best picks of the year this year. And here's why. And I'm not saying I'm right, but here's why. Before they played San Francisco two weeks ago, Seattle wasn't favored by more than three and a half points in any game the whole year. So they were either a small favor or a dog in every game. It made me really like the 49ers two weeks ago thinking, a team used to flat spots, used to saying we can cruise and still win this game. I thought the first game they had off, they were going to be able to do, you know, not off, but, you know, less intense. When they blew them out, I was like, man, maybe the Seattle team is better than I thought. I looked at the box scores. Brad said, you know. Oh, that's another Fugazi box score where the score was like 27 nothing, and all of a sudden Seattle. So, Fez, you watched the game. So, I mean, let's see. Maybe how much did Seattle dominate? Seattle did not dominate statistically. They, they got it up on the scoreboard because of the turnovers. And bottom line, it was 37 to 16 because Seattle had gotten some fortunate things happen. It's the end of the game and San Francisco's about to score and San Fran throws a 96 yard pick six with four minutes to play. So basically in the final score, Seattle should have won by 13, but they won by 26 because of that one play. I know, but Seattle, you have to admit their offense went into shell mode early Seattle because they were up 20 nothing out of the their game. Their offense is always in shell mode. That's all they do is run the ball. <laughs> and then they then they won that game and let's say they played really because Seattle at home is tough. Then they had a Monday night yeah, war. Can we just discuss okay. this topic because I hate this and I will fade everyone on one of these topics after they come off and I'm happy to do it. Is it's the same thing as the Cleveland Houston game. If you could honestly look me in the eye and say, well, Houston Cleveland outgained Houston in that game, so they played better. They, they were down twenty to nothing out of the gate after pick sixes, and Houston went hey, hand off Lamar Miller up the middle. Let's just go. Seattle won the game two weeks ago, thirty-seven twenty-three. Okay. That was the final score. That easily covers the number, by the way. (laughs) It covers the 10 by four points. But the funny thing is, is in the interim, San Fran showed some life because whatever you want to say, they, they played hard against Denver. And if you flip this line and, and go from four and a half, so let's go four and a half and add six points. It'd be 10 and a half. The line was only nine and a half in Seattle, right? Yeah. So close nine and a half. So now what's happened in the interim after the game was 
San Fran showed some life, and Seattle had a Monday night win in front of the world. I think we're getting an extra point because of that. Yes, and Mr. Fugazi isn't mentioning the fact San Fran was trucking Denver 20 to nothing. That was every bit as a misleading a final, the fact that the final score was 20 to 14. How do you know it's a Fugazi? It's a fake. Yeah, I know what a Fugazi is. <laughs> they were hammering him. All right, well, listen, you got to give Maddie credit. He's got $900 on his opinion. Next game. So last, I'm going to ask you a question, Manny, because I I agree with you. I actually don't want to fight hard this game. I literally was trying to find a spot to get Brad, and he said he liked it. Now I promise it. you, it didn't go any further. Well, you that. remember I, I asked got another you, one. I, you want to fade you know, me I, again? You know, no, I, I wasn't trying to fade you. Just like you took a jab at me earlier. I'm you like, know, I asked gone, if you wanted it. I wasn't going to pow on if you didn't want it. So, um, but let me ask you this question. Obviously, scoreboard doesn't tell the whole story, right? Because that's how Freddie Fanny Pack handicap. Sure, yardage doesn't tell the whole story. That's right, yardage. So how either. is it? Is it a matter you just got to go through every game and say? Well, you just have to be able to be mature enough for some games, or not mature enough, but but observant enough to say, boy, you know, hey, in that game, a team scored a touchdown, got a pick six, blocked a punt, and all of a sudden was up thirty to nothing. And it's th- four minutes to go in the second quarter. The chances of them compiling any yards for 65% of the game that's left are slim. Uh, where is the team that's down is now going to be whipping the ball around the field against the prevent defense for much of the game. There is a significant chance that the team that's down 31 to nothing in this game will out yardage the team that's up 31 nothing the entire second half. I think, it, you know, what's funny, if you go to pro football reference, you can see a, a quarterback's QBR or stats in any situation. I wonder, is there anywhere you can get a team's net yard? I would like to see a team's net yardage. First half. No, well, you can get that. But I'd like to see a team's net yardage in any game that's within 14. Mm. And then it had to get a little complex within five minutes. It would have to go to seven because at the point where they give up that, like there could be a pretty simple algorithm that would give you a pretty good, like when this game's competitive, how does this team do? I agree. I'm sure if someone has a model. Built if anyone it. has anything like that or knows a, a public site that does at RJ in Vegas, by the way, I'm going to make an open call. I've had a couple people just start sending me things and it's like, this stuff's great. Like, I don't know if they've got the 360 global view to really do, you know, like sit in on this, but they can give you 10 points in a weekend in NFL that I wouldn't have thought of seven of them. If anyone really feels like they got this, you know, like if you feel like you could sit here and, and, uh, compete, I want to hear from you. Cause one, we love good content. And there might be a business opportunity. But two, last three weeks, I want as much feedback as we can get for these games. So on Twitter, at RJ in Vegas, just uh, reply to me. I'll follow you, DM you, and you can send me, and we can talk about what you got. And again, if you're not sure, you know, listen, assess for yourself. But if you think you got something we're not talking about that's rock solid, I'd love to hear about it. And especially... Well, not especially, but additionally, if anyone has that information about net yardage that takes into account blowouts. Next game, Patriots, Steelers. Big Ben likely to play, and it looks like the line is two and a half pats. Mm-hmm. Brad, you like New England. Yeah, and I think I have my favorite trend of the year here. It's 20 and 0. 
against the spread. Simple. Patriots off a loss, straight up loss, and the next game are either an underdog or a small favorite. Field goal or less since 2002. Off that loss, 20 and 0 against the spread. Ooh, now was that yours or did you get that somewhere else? That's really good. 20 games are pretty. In the NFL, 20 is a big sample. Where did that, that's come, from a buddy that mine. come from? That came from a buddy of mine. A private buddy? Or is he a public handicapper? Public handicapper. Okay. So the, um, and listen, that makes a ton of sense because one, Belichick's great off a loss and Belichick's great if he's not laying the lumber. So makes a ton of sense. So Fez, let's go that direction. Why not play the Patriots? So just about my power ratings. I only have the Patriots two points better than Pittsburgh with the game in Pittsburgh. That makes Pittsburgh the favorite in my power ratings. But frankly, RJ, two teams facing severe adversity, recent adversity. And given that, I want to bet on the Patriots who respond to adversity. And I want no part of the Steelers who have struggled with adversity in the past. Maddie, what's your top point? You know, this is a really tough game for me. I just, you know, I feel like Tomlin has been bulletproof. The fan base has always said Tomlin's not a good coach. They, they've they complained about his play calling abilities, his X's and O's, but he's been bulletproof in the media and with the ownership. I finally feel like that bulletproof vest might be starting to chip for Mike Tomlin right now. Um, is that good or bad, though? Does that get the team motor? That's what I don't know. I don't, I understand. So I don't, he's always been known as a player's coach, which I think has saved him. So I don't really know what the reaction is going to be this week. And I, I don't have a good feel of this game. I'm going to pass. I like Brad's stat, though. I think it's yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, he, he's an originator. The, <laughs> <laughs> Well, man, he's an original at least, at minimum. He's a real. That's what they say about. I crazy. actually like Brad. That's what they say. Oh, yeah, he's, he's the one guy I don't feel like I have to bring boxing gloves in here on the show all the time. It seems like you two go at it more than anyone. I know, but it's fun. I, 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 just for fun, just because it's fun. <laughs> um, you guys, I feel like if I nick my finger and there's blood in the water, a couple of great whites looking to chew my effing leg off. <laughs> you know that we might want that drop because I love it. I want to hear that. Yeah, mark that. We want Matty Holt on Fezzik. He's like a great wife. <laughs> I mean, it hasn't wait, worked wait, out present. for him this wait. year. But that doesn't mean he's not trying. Now, here's where you're supposed to say, but I haven't really won my best bets. Go ahead. But I haven't won my best bets. <laughs> he looked pained. He looked pained. <laughs> you know something? I said this, this. is supposed to be like my relaxing. I'm uh, the only guy here that doesn't get paid to do this. I'm doing it because it's supposed to be fun. You're getting like hundreds of thousands of dollars of brand value. You're not getting paid? No. Well, Fad, you make a mil- what you make a million a year? Uh, I can't add them. <laughs> all, I'm, all I'm doing is focus on picking winners. Ah, the, he, he just lets his wife take care of the bank account. She does a great job at taking care of it. You gotta wonder though, all joking aside, is the idea that Fez can just be hanging out on Friday. And what, like most batters go their whole lives and don't hit a $10,000 parlay, right? And I'm not, I don't think I've ever hit a $10,000. I was about to say, I don't play many parlays, but I don't know that I've ever hit a $10,000 card ever in my life. 
And uh, I'm willing to admit that it's almost like the great line. I messed around and got a triple double. Fez is just down there hanging out. I'm I'm literally at Vic and Anthony's. I'm having dinner with the family. I got to get over to Ken's show. It's starting in like 20 minutes. And I'm like filling this out with a Kino crayon. And I'm like, I got to throw a few of these in. I'm down here. And I almost said, you know what? I don't think I got enough time. And I said, no, no, I'm going to do it. I'll be a couple minutes late for Ken. And um, you know. well, here's what I'm going to do, Fez. If we win the gold, why don't you throw an extra 1000 from that parlay card in and we'll make it a $26,000 party? Deal. Scarface on repeat. Constant, y'all. <laughs> Fez coming through. All right. Here's the thing about Pittsburgh. I'm a Steelers fan. I don't like a lot of Tomlin. I think the macro issue is driven more by the games becoming more analytical and him not being analytical hurts the team more as time goes on. Before, five years ago, he even wasn't such a big deal. Now it just feels like they get the worst of it in so many situations. And you brought up a great point earlier, RJ, where you talked about not only does he not realize the analytics, but he's in denial when he's interviewed about it. He's like, oh, that's not the problem. And that was my point. Steelers are patient. The Roonies are patient. If they said in the next three years, Figure out a way to integrate this in your decision-making. Don't even rush it. I would feel great because Tomlin, I think, if we were in 1985, would be a top-five coach. He's old. I mean, he's got great motivational, but he seems resistant. So how does he ever get better at it? Why didn't you call a timeout with a minute to go my and gut, the Raiders? Oh, my, my God. Told you know, me I, to. thought, I thought we were going to stop him. There was no need to. And then when he says things like, it's almost like it's getting absurd. Like Maddie was making a case, crazy trends in desperate situations. When he said, I didn't want to put Big Ben in because we were in rhythm. And when he said that, it was like they had had four straight possessions without like a first down or something. <laughs> Three straight <laughs> solid punts. I mean, it's just like, it makes no sense. It's almost like he's telling his buddies, how freaking crazy can I be before they finally call me on it? And maybe they finally reached a point. And on this game, I would say finally this. Pittsburgh has two states where they're troubled as a team. One is lack of motivation. And usually that next game, they come back. Or it's they're just not playing well. And there's a fundamental problem. I don't, I think the Steelers tried really hard against the Chargers. I think this, you know, so we could debate the Raiders game. We could debate, you know, how hard they, but again, when you lose a couple games in a row, shouldn't you be, isn't that the time you win by 30? Isn't that the time Big Ben's sitting there sipping Gatorade with his shoulder pads off at halftime? So like, how couldn't, how couldn't they be motivated against the Chargers? And maybe if they weren't somehow on national TV, how aren't you motivated against the Raiders? And it didn't, I know Big Ben was out, but it didn't feel like that team was motivated. Flat the first half, barely got the lead at the end of the first half. There's something half. wrong with this team. It's not about motivation. And that D that was gelling. Bottom line is Big Ben did come in for a series and got your team the lead. And the D that had been so good a month ago couldn't keep the Raiders out of the end zone. Eagles, Rams, couple games. What we got left? All right. We got two games left. That's it. All right. We're going to do one and only commercial break. And then I'm going to play Blossom because I can't miss Blossom. And then two games. I wonder how many people are out there saying, you know, I was going to skip these last two games because I don't want to hear this commercial. Though you know, I make the commercials really short. But, but Blossom, count me in. Well, that's why I did it. 
I'm a big fan of companies that are selective with their discounts because if they're discounting all the time, it means really that's their set base price. But when there's a company that says our product is good enough that even without discounts, you should want it for its normal price and then they discount, that's value. Simply Safe Home Security is one of those companies. And now's the time if you've even considered getting Simply Safe or Home Security, this is the time. It's a great deal. Just go to simplysafe.com and that's S I M P L I S A F E dot com slash dream D R E A M. Simplysafe.com slash dream. Amazing holiday offer. It's rare. And they're doing it for Dream Preview listeners. Great protection for your home and family. No contract. No hidden fees. Great reviews on CNET, PC Mag, Wirecutter. They all say Simply Safe is the best security system there is. So if you're looking for security system and want a great deal, go to simplysafe.com slash dream and get the offer. Make sure to use that URL because it helps the show. And it gives you the deal, S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash dream. Hurry, this offer ends soon. Number two or two, old friend True Car. Every car comes with a share of stories. That ding in your bumper when you nervously picked up a first date. The luxury package you got after the big promotion. Or the mileage you save by riding your bike all summer. While you can't put a price tag on your stories now with True Car, you can at least find out what your car is worth when it's time to sell or trade it in. Just go to True Car, simply enter your license plate number and watch how your car's details pop up. Then answer a few questions. Navigation? Hmm. Moonroof? Hmm. Watch as they bump up your value. High mileage? Boo. You already knew it was going to cost you, but now you know how much it dings your wallet so you can plan ahead. Once you finish, you'll get a true cash offer sent in minutes, which you can take to a local certified dealer to cash out or trade in. So when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. True Car cash offer not available in all areas. If it's available in yours, take advantage. So, Maddie, when it comes to the Super Contest, what percentage of this is your cut of the joy you would get? And what percentage would be the pride? And what percentage the brand? Zero brand to me. You wouldn't want to say, because you do talk a lot about being number two in the Super Contest one year. It has nothing to do with my brand. I've never been a handicapper. I don't sell picks. I'm no longer a better. I'm outside of the betting industry from anything other than a monitoring perspective. Because with your work, you betting with the uh, the sports books is something you can't do. Correct. And, and I can't bet on any of the sports teams, conferences, leagues that I have agreements with. So basically, other than NFL this season, and uh, you know, I don't bet at all. And probably after this NFL season, may never make another bet in my life. So. Um, um, that, that's just the career path I've chosen at, at this time in this industry. And I'm as entrenched in this industry as anybody else. Um, but now I watch other people's bets instead of making them. All right. So then how do you split up the, how would you split up the win? 
So it's not about brand at that point because winning a big no, contest, yeah, no longer. So it's all about, to me, it's 90% exercising some demons from 2009 <laughs> when this guy named Steve Fezzik <laughs> on the luckiest game in the world. And yes, I'll never forget it. Seattle Seahawks <laughs> versus the Tennessee Titans. Chris Johnson set the rushing record. And I lost by a half a game because back then in 2009, <laughs> I, I have to admit, if I was in the classic by myself now, it wouldn't mean as much to me. But the money meant something to me in 09. The win meant everything about it meant something to me. And we were going to get it done. And then Seattle blew it right at the very end. And it was all over. And there's a little bit of let's exercise those demons. Let's go ahead and get the W this year. All right. I tell you this. Fez, just, I asked him once before I even knew you were the guy that's second. And I said, Fez, who who was second the years you won? And he just looked at me and goes, blood on the tracks. And just shook his head. <laughs> <laughs> speaking, Wonderful. <laughs> speaking of this, it's Matty Holt and Fezzik again. Wow. Heads up. It's the Rams. It's the Eagles. And the line right now, because obviously Wentz is an issue. Wentz is out. Yeah, uh, he's an issue. Yeah. It's 11. Fez, you like the Rams. Yeah, the Rams are going to kill him. Love the kill spot here for the Rams. I know I get the Fezzy. You're like doing way too much of this weather thing. It can't be worth that much. These are professional athletes. Bottom line is the Rams have scored 29 points in every game this year in the NFL except for two. In two games, they scored 23 and six. What do those two games have in common? Those are the two games where it was below 30 degrees. I agree. Golf was terrible in the Chicago cold. California kid, not good in the cold. Well, weather's going to be just fine here in sunny Los Angeles. And I got to tell you, this decision to go ahead and go with Foles instead of Wentz because of his back being injured. I think he's been injured for a while. I see the white flag waving in Philly, basically saying, you know what? We are such an underdog to make the playoffs. Let's just try to keep everyone healthy. The secondary is still decimated for injuries. I think the Rams crush Philadelphia. Maddie. So this is my fifth pick. I don't love it. But what I do like about the up spot potentially for Philadelphia is Nick Foles has come in and to the rescue before. Oh, yeah. They won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles coming to the rescue. I do think he tends to get along with the players in the locker room. And I think Nick Foles wants to put on a show. I think the idea of Nick Foles saving the day last year, going to the Super Bowl, and then being Mr. Good Teammate and sticking around to be the backup is gone because at the end of the day, I feel like no one wants to be a backup on a train that's off the rails. And right now the Philadelphia Eagles train is definitely off the rails. So I have a feeling he's going to come out there, rah, rah, trying to throw the football down the field a little bit. It may not work out, but I feel like they're going to come with an effort on offense for the hero who saved him last year. It feels like the Eagles haven't played a team to really exploit the D-backs being so banged up. Saints crushed them. Yeah, well, but they weren't even that banged up. I mean, they were banged up, but they've gotten worse since, right? Yeah, and Dallas, not exactly a juggernaut passing, put up, over, what, 550 yards against them last week. Yeah, and, and you got to wonder, if the Rams had won last week, I wouldn't even consider the Rams. But if it, And even if losing, but golf looking so bad, 
Don't they want to get him off the snide? That's what I would do. Yeah, I mean, this is my fifth pick. This yeah. is Shark in the Water, for sure, play. <laughs> oh, yeah, you had to pick five. And I, uh, <laughs> that makes it do fun. Do him on the drive over here. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it fun. Yeah, I, look, I, I do, is there anyone who has any less issue with having action than, than I am? <laughs> action and this Jackson. Is, and this is say. single action just from Fez. I feel like I'm getting a discount on this one. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> I just I think I, Yeah. I kinda like Fez's side, but I also think the Eagles are a prideful team. You know, but are they? I don't know. Is this the dream crusher? Because if they won last week, they were Th- right. That's in a it, good right? receiving core Philadelphia has. And now that Golden Tate's there, they actually have a good wide receiver core. And Nick Foles throws the football downfield as well, if not better than Carson Wentz. Wentz tends to throw on the run, and people think he's a better natural thrower downfield. Nick Foles in the pocket throws the football down the field better than Carson Wentz. The problem with this situation is this is the healthiest the Rams secondary might have been all year, and that may not work anyway, no matter who is quarterbacking. So Fez is is what was the adjustment from like seven and a half to ten and a half? No, this the line was nine and it went up to ten and, and ten and a half to eleven. And it's eleven here, yeah. Now it's possible the reason it was nine is that there was talk already that I was unaware of that maybe Wentz had an issue, but I'm I'm unaware of that. I saw the line at nine and I thought Wentz was playing. That's interesting. I mean he's out for sure this week. Yeah, now. what I'm saying yeah. is that adjustment that nine came out with the assumption Wentz was in, right? Yeah, I mean, yes. I don't, I don't think the difference is any more than two points between Wentz and Foles in general. Or when, just, is it, when did Wentz ever become this elite? He was quarter? the he was the MVP leader when he got hurt in last what, like year. 14, yeah, but he hasn't looked like it at any point this year. Coming, that, back. I, I, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. I think Wentz he he had a rocky end of September, beginning of October when they rushed him back. Remember because yeah, Foles I do was remember. so awful. I agree that they rushed him back. And then he was continuously improving where he's gone from six yards per pass to seven, then it up to eight. It did get better for a few weeks, but it, it seemed to decline rapidly. Well, because I too. think he wasn't. His health the last couple of weeks became an issue. And that's a sum tip. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Fire up your pad and pencil. Sorry about that, Maddie. I thought That's we were fine. done. No, it's, fine. <laughs> it's fine. No worries, my man. All right, let's go. Last game. Saints, Panthers. Fez, boy, I disagree with you here. You like Carolina. Yeah, the real question here is, is Carolina desperate or are they depressed? And you certainly can make the case that they're desperate. They've lost five games in a row. Amazingly, their last four losses, once again, they outgained their opponent, the Cleveland Browns, by 50 yards. Hold on a second. Mackie. Give, give me the uh, Carolina's number. Go ahead. So, oh, you got now? Go ahead. 9%. Oh, so they still have a real chance. And, and really my handicap here is that everybody in the NFC is losing that is in this wild card contention. Seattle beating Minnesota. You'd say, oh, that's kind of a wash. No, Seattle was likely to make the playoffs. So Minnesota going back to 6-6-1. Six, six, and one. Washington is garbage at 6-7. and seven. The Eagles are raising the white flag. Somebody else has to make the playoffs and if it's not minnesota who's it going to be well it could still be carolina and there's a path here rj you pull the upset here then you get they have an easy game next week what's their final game at the saints oh god at the saints they're not going to win that one but there's a chance that that's a throwaway game if they win this game where the home field will already have been basically decided and then the saints may rest starters Hmm. which way you lean man 
I probably lean Carolina. And you lean Carolina, Brad? I do. The Saints offense last three games only averaging 262 yards per game. And is Breeze similar to what we saw from Brady a couple years ago? Last couple games of the season starting to show his age. One pick, first 10 games, three picks the last three. A little bit worried about the Saints offense. Hmm. You know something? Something I've wanted to do, and if anyone has ideas on this, I'd like to hear about it. I'd like to have a way to tag picks and it identify the tight. And again, we could do this on our make picks database is like everyone gets like 10 reasons they like the pick. So for everyone, it might be power ratings is one situational, but someone else might have something very different. Weather Fez would be high on your list. And then in every game, they would not only make the pick, but they would tag and we would let them split three if they wanted. So 100% to go around, but you can only have three. This is 30% power ratings and 70% uh, situational, like whatever the, all right. And now you could sort your database and say, when I like a game for this reason, how well does it do? Oh. Wouldn't that be interesting? Because yes. we all approach these games so different. Sure. Like even ourselves, if I bet 100 games, there's going to be, you know, five real chunks of different reasons. When I feel like I got to feel what a team is feeling, when I feel like I got to feel what a team is feeling, I think is my best record. I'm just going by my gut. Like I really like Green Bay last week. The power, the numbers didn't back it up. And you really did not like Carolina. You're worried about the internal problem. Because Lombardi, Lombardi understands the inside NFL a hundred times better than me. And Lombardi was talking about that the Carolina owner is an, he's a hedge fund guy. He's not just a rich guy. He's a, that's analytically driven. I mean, think of billions. It's true. I mean, on the hedge funds, it's all math. And Riverboat Ron is old school. And, 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 it, and a coach wants his own guy. Do you want to come in and have some other coach be your coach? So my sense is Riverboat Ron took over calling defense out of desperation because let's say if I take over and we roll the rest of the season, maybe I'll keep my job. It's almost like I, I wonder if his job's lost no matter what. Now, if they make the playoffs, maybe not. But it just feels like this team is sensing that 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 the turmoil. And how does that help? It certainly didn't help last week. Certainly didn't. And you you will have to question the Steelers and Carolina. It's a close game down the stretch. And do they have the all? Here we go again when something goes against them. the Steelers. Yeah. I think the Steelers win more close games than any team in the NFL. Well, I'm saying, I'm saying right now, though. Yeah, still so Big Ben's Big Ben. Big Ben's like the guy that limps, says, "Oh, I've been on the sidelines. I'm going to limp in and score a quick touchdown and put my hat on." I mean, he is a bad mofo. He, he certainly is. <laughs> although I don't know if he's going to have that attitude against the Patriots as the one team. Uh, maybe. All right. Any closing thoughts on this one? All right, boys. Two hours. We we dug deep. <laughs> Remember. Party's on. Fez is, it's now 26,000. We won't promote. It will confuse people. It's now 26 if we win. Maybe I'll personally be giving out $20 bills. And we'll be tweeting this out at RJ in Vegas. Hey, you got any good info? Let us know. And the college pod was excellent. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday. NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. 
Have a question for RJ? You can contact him directly on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week. 